Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Movie, Movie, Film, Film. It's a podcast where we pick a flick and decide if it's a movie or a film. That's what we do. I'm Nate, and I'm always picking up after you boys. And I'm Terrell. And ladies, you have to be strong and independent. And remember, don't get mad, get everything. That's dramatic. I don't know what it's from, though. Uh, It's First Wives Club. Oh. I've yeah. never seen First Wives Club. Yeah, I've seen it on TV. Is it worth watching? It's funny. It has funny ladies, and it. it has some good ladies in it. Hmm. Did you know mine? My quote? I always look after you boys. Yeah. I'm always picking up after you boys. That sounds really familiar. Hmm. But just say it. I tied it into today's movie, and it's a quote from my second favorite Black Widow after <laughs> Victoria Rawlings. Yeah. <laughs> Black Widow from Age of Ultron. Oh. <laughs> I think I'm clever. There you go. Widows, Black Widow, ha ha. All right. We're talking about Widows today. But first, we got some movie, movie, news, news. Yeah, we do. Kind of TV news edition. Movie TV news edition for the yeah. first item. Because uh, the past episode, we did Fast Color. We talked about if we, what it would be like if it were a TV show. And um, I don't know if we said that on the podcast, but we definitely uh, talked about it off the podcast how it might work better as a tv show as or, a or a fr- or a franchise yeah. yeah um and amazon is going to make that happen so yeah. we'll see soon enough yeah and viola davis is at the helm uh executive producer yeah it. yeah yeah i don't know if that's at the helm of a tv show i think the showrunner is yeah usually. okay yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah viola davis is uh putting it together yeah another tie-in Two tie-ins for one. Two for yeah, one. so that'll be interesting to see. We won't talk about it any further on this podcast because it's neither movie nor film. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, just look out for it. Yeah. Maybe they uh, heard our episode and were like, it would be a good TV show. Yeah. Because <laughs> Amazon listens to everyone, and we know that. Yeah. 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 Uh, now we got some trailers. Yeah. We got four trailers today. First one... I've been looking forward to for a while. It's The Lighthouse. Yeah, William is, Defoe and uh, Robert Pattinson. Yes, the uh, Robert Eggers, writer-director, follow-up to The Witch, mm-hmm. which was a folk horror favorite of ours from a couple years ago. Yep. This looks different than that. Yes. Which I like Yeah. when movies are different <laughs> than <laughs> ones I've already seen. Mm-hmm. Black and white. Looks like an old movie. Yeah. Uh, like an old horror movie. Uh, you know they're in a lighthouse. Just the two of them. Big beards and mustaches and the sea. Yeah, it looks like they're going going a little nuts in there. Yeah. Why would you spill your beans? <laughs> Is it why do you spill your beans or why don't you spill your beans? It's why do you spill, spill your beans? beans. Okay. Um, I'm sure we'll know the context of that once the movie comes out. (laughs) Yeah, it it looks it looks good, and then it starts to get really like crazy and probably unpredictable. Really, uh, 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 sea horror, some nautical horror. Yeah, Yeah. some octopus in there and some crabs and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Um. Then we got two zombie movies, two zomcoms. Yeah, two zomcoms. Zombie comedies. 
Zombies has been hot for a while. No, uh, no yeah, sign of slowing up. This has been a thing. Speaking of slowing up, I liked the line in this trailer for Little Monsters. Uh, we got zombies. Are they fast or are they slow? Oh, yeah. Because anytime I hear of a new zombie movie, that's my first question. It's because um, the classic zombies are slow. They don't have brains. They shouldn't be able to control their muscles. But then... Stuff like 28 Days Later, which aren't real zombies anyway. They're infected. Yeah, they're, like, just really aggressive. They don't really eat you. They just attack you. Yeah. Um, but Little Monsters starring Lupita Nyong'o mm-hmm. and Josh Gad. Yeah. Um, They're slow. Yeah, it's like her working at this, uh, not day camp, but, like, I don't know. I like, think she's a teacher and it's like a field trip. That's what it is? Okay. That's the... And yeah, she has a bunch of little kids with her that mm-hmm. she's looking out for and trying to make this whole experience into a game for them so they don't realize what's happening. Yeah, it seems very ripe for comedy. Just the... Yeah. Go off to the side to kill some zombies and then she show up to the kids. Hey, everything's okay. Right. And I'm really excited to see Lupita in this kind of role. Yeah, it is really interesting to see it i mean she got to her. do horror and comedy in us but this seems totally different yeah yeah way more like that was horror with comedy this is comedy with, with horror. horror yeah this is like more like Shaun of the dead type of yeah yeah, yeah it is a british production as yeah. well so pretty dry perhaps mm-hmm. i had no idea this movie existed until mm-hmm. the trailer dropped and yeah, until I saw that poster on, on Twitter, and I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. It's like her with a ukulele and a yellow dress and a yellow background, like, covered in blood. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> yeah, give me this. Anything <laughs> Lupita's in, give me that. Yeah, it's good that it's good, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it looks good. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Then the, the elder statesman of the two. <laughs> Elder zombie States comedies. Man. I don't know, because of the sequel. They're doing another Zombieland movie. This mm-hmm. one's called Zombieland Double Tap. Yeah, this one is... People have been waiting for this one for a while, I would say. That was a movie Amazon tried making a TV show out of. Did but they? They made a pilot, and then they didn't go through with it. Okay. Um. So the gang's back together. We got... what The, the trailer gives us all their uh, Academy Award cred. Uh, Academy Award nominees yeah, or winners, winners, I forget. Emma Stone, Jesse Eisenberg, Abigail Breslin, Woody Harrelson are yep. back. Mm-hmm. Um, killing zombies. And making it look fun. Yep. It just looks fun. It looks really fun. Yeah. Yeah. A little taste of the plot. It seems Abigail Breslin's character is separates from the group and they have to go find her. Yeah. I don't know. She like runs away. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they have to get her back, and we see some some new faces. You got uh, Rosario Dawson, yeah, popping up in there. Which she is survived really cool. the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, all these years, all these years. I wonder what the timing will be like if they'll acknowledge the time that's passed in between sequels or pretend it's been less time. Well, they have to because Abigail's not a little girl anymore, right? But like, do you think they'll make it like three years? Hmm. How long has it actually been? When did that movie come out? Like I don't have that information on me. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure what they're gonna do. But uh, we also get uh Luke Wilson in there. Yeah, it's uh Luke Wilson and Thomas Middleditch. 
from uh, Silicon Valley and those annoying Verizon commercials yeah. are uh, doing like a doppelganger of Woody and Jesse thing. Yeah, which looks funny. Yeah. Woody and, and Luke. And hopefully there's some up. some new cameos that uh, aren't shown in the trailer. Yeah. Get something like uh, with what happened with Bill Murray. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. Unexpected Bill Murray popping up as himself in the first one. Spoiler. Yeah. Didn't you have a question? Yeah, I was going to ask who you wanted to see. Uh, yeah. Like, appear as himself. Like, if they were to do that bit again, which it is a comedy sequel and they tend to just go back to the bits from the first movie. Well, when you asked that question to me, the only one name popped in my head and then I didn't think about it again after that. Okay. So the person that popped in my head was Wesley Snipes. Oh, that would be awesome. Right? Yeah. Wesley Snipes. I wouldn't see that coming. I think it would be funny. I could see like Helen Mirren popping up. I feel like she's she always wants to show people that she's still having fun. Mm-hmm. Like she's in those the red movies and uh Like Helen Mirren as herself, right? Yeah. yeah Dame like Helen a, Mirren. Yeah. Yeah. As a like uh yeah, a character of herself. Yeah, that would be funny too. Like a fa- but like foul mouthed probably. Because you, know? oh. <laughs> you expect her to be all proper and it'll probably be like Yeah, I can see the that. zombie apocalypse really wore her down. I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it, we'll see about this movie. I'm I have a lot of reserves about um comedy sequels, especially ones that are made years after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think there's a great track record of those being good. <laughs> we'll see. But, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And then the last trailer we got was for Netflix's The Irishman. Mm-hmm. Netflix's Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, he got De Niro, Pesci, and Pacino all together. Again, got the gang back together. As if it were years ago, because Netflix spent many, many, many millions of dollars on this de-aging technology. Yeah. And that seems to be the big headline of the trailer is, did it pay off? Yeah, that's that, that was like the big spec- spectacle of this movie is like making these older actors look young again. And... After watching that trailer, uh, I don't, I don't know if they did that. We got a lot of shots of them, like the backs of their heads, mm-hmm. or like half their face is covered in a shadow. Mm-hmm. Like they probably like. We'll see if there's a reason in the movie for the lighting to be the way it is, other than, don't look at their faces. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, we didn't get a lot of close-ups. The ones that we did, I wasn't that impressed by. Yeah, that's... They did look younger, but they didn't look real to me. Yeah, it looked very CGI. Very CGI. Um, The big reveal at the end was just kind of like, oh, it's a fake face. It's like if you were playing Robert De Niro in a video game, that's what the character would look like. And I've seen good de-aging done in movies. What? Like uh, Ant-Man? They did, uh, yeah. Um, what's his face? Michael Douglas. Yeah, Michael Douglas. I I didn't love it in um Rogue One. They did Princess Leia. It didn't look that real. No, 
Didn't they do it? But in they also the... did General Tarkin, and that looked pretty good. Didn't they do it in like an Avengers movie? Yeah, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is that that was a scene. Maybe that's just where all the money went. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but doing a whole movie with the aging effect. Also, these men are very old now. They're <laughs> seventy. So least. here's my issue: the as much as I can try to look young, and we can debate how convincing that is. Mm-hmm. Based on what I saw and what I predict, they still move and sound their ages. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Robert De Niro isn't moving around like he's 20, 30 years younger. Right. That's an old man. That's dirty grandpa. <laughs> also, he's not the best actor lately. Mm. He's a legend, but... Though, I'm sure Marty, who has gotten the best roles out of De Niro throughout his career, can do it again. So, The other thing about this movie is that it spans like many decades, I think. So you probably get the progression of the aging. Yeah. Maybe they end up at their ages. I don't don't know how long their real-life counterparts uh, lived, though. Right. But other than the, the technology stuff... It looks like it's Scorsese back to basics doing a gangster yeah. mob movie. Martin 101. With the, with a tinge of a JFK conspiracy, it looks like. So that'll be... I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. I've never been a fan of uh, mobster movies. Not really my thing. You don't like Goodfellas? Um, I can't... I feel like I, I've seen bits and pieces of that movie on tbs you should watch goodfellas it's good um or like casino or like i don't know godfather um well you you haven't seen godfather no have you seen casino no so you you just don't even turn them on that's what you mean when you say you're not a fan yeah i just don't find the interest (laughs) in watching them even though like in like in in film school um they talked about the lighting for the godfather being like you know monumental and stuff like Hmm. that but like i i saw the pictures and i was like yeah that's good lighting (laughs) (laughs) all right so so you're just like people are dismissing this just for the genre now huh you're just dismissing this because of the genre or i guess not a scorsese fan no i like i like martin i like his movies just not as just not most like, celebrated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Is is the Departed a, a mobster movie? Because I like that. Yeah. Well, okay. it's cops and robbers. You yeah. know. I like. The, yeah, that was a good one. That's not better than Good Goodfellas though. Oh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think the Departed was his last mob movie, maybe. Mm-hmm. And that got him an Oscar. So we'll see if we're talking about this movie. uh, Next year. At the end of the year. Or next year. When do we talk about Oscar movies? I don't know. Like January, February? Yeah, so we'll see. Maybe it'll get a lot of technical awards. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they'll... Um, They still have time to, like, work on that. Yeah. Whatever they put in the trailer isn't final until, until it's in theaters. Yeah. 
I think um, the movie might be helped by being released on Netflix because a lot of people will watch it on their phones and tablets, and maybe the smaller screens will make it less noticeable that they don't look like humans. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. But I'll, I'll watch it. I mean, it'll just be released on my app, so I'll yeah, press play. Yeah, you know what? I will watch it because it will be released on Netflix, and I don't have to go to the and and like everyone's gonna be talking about it that whole week. Yeah. So yeah, good or bad. So yeah, so we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll be in the loop. Yeah, but for now, I say we start our discussion on. Do you anticipate it? Do you feel that? Do, yeah, electricity in the air. Widows. Dun dun. Your husband stole two million dollars from me. You got two weeks to pay me back. <laughs> our husbands aren't coming back. We're on our own, and he wants his money. What if we say no? He has people who kill people. You have a choice. In or out. I'm in. Then, everybody ready? We have three days to look and move like a team. This is not your world. No one thinks we can pull this off. If this whole thing goes wrong, I want my kids to know that I didn't just sit there and take it. Let's go. Widows came out last year. It's a... Co-written by Steve McQueen and Gillian Flynn, directed by Steve McQueen, adapted from a an old British miniseries or mm-hmm. series. Um, but this movie takes place in Chicago, in uh, m- present day. So it's got such a good cast, stellar cast. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's a heist movie. It's a political movie. It's um today's topic of discussion yeah 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 i wish more people saw this movie in the theater yeah that was the thing nobody went to go see this movie it's now on hbo watch it if you haven't Mm -hmm. did you go to the theaters to see this this movie my entire family went together to the movies to see it and um that doesn't i don't know the last time that happened it was around thanksgiving so we were all together yeah it was a thanksgiving movie but um Everyone, it got through to like everyone's interests, and I liked that. Okay. Me, uh, me and my mom went to go see it together. Not necessarily a family film. No, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's something for everyone above the age of, I don't know. Well, yeah, eighteen. <laughs> sure. So the movie opened with Liam Neeson and Viola Davis as Henry and Victoria Rawlings. Just making out. Mm-hmm. It's a very mouthy, tonguey kiss. Yeah, very deep kiss. This is the opening shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his his tongue is just going down her throat. Yeah. It's it's a weird movie kiss. It has to be acknowledged, <laughs> and that that's how the movie starts. Yeah. They are so in love and uh, on each other. Um, I like I really like this opening because it's like it's the calm versus the chaos. Yeah, it c- cuts between like domestic life and then this heist gone wrong. 
mm-hmm. with uh and Harry Rollins and his team. Yeah. Uh during the heist thing, one part I like, they're driving away in a van and the camera is like in the back of the van shooting out and the doors are open so you see the police chasing them. Mm-hmm. And they're throwing stuff out of the van to like yeah, you know, to hit the car, yeah, it's like crates car. and stuff, and eventually just the door of the van. Yeah, um, it's it's pretty exciting, mm-hmm. and just that it's from that one view of just things being tossed out. We're tossing things over now. You have to deal with this. <laughs> it's in your way. Yeah. Um, we also get uh, a peek at the um, the other men involved in the heist and their wives their home life as well um we get our our first look at alice yes elizabeth Debecky as alice mm-hmm. and her husband yeah john bernthal mm-hmm. um who is abusing her oh it's chilling The he he really makes the most of his, of his one minute of yeah, screen time that's it um just vicious she has a black eye and it's not him hitting her or anything it's him smiling and laughing and poking her black eye playfully yeah menacingly being like does this hurt yeah. boop 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 he keeps going yeah teasing her being like playful she, about she's it. in tears like, yeah or holding back tears yeah yeah so that establishes that alice doesn't have uh the best relationship mm-hmm um, then there's the 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 Bonnie and Clyde style shoot down where they all just get gunned down and uh, then the car. Explodes. Oh, were well, you not going to talk about the other oh, couples? I mean, I because I feel like no, wait, you're right, you're right. I Let's thought it establish was like, our characters. We got yeah, Linda played by Michelle Rodriguez, mm-hmm. who's in this movie, which is cool and unexpected. Mm-hmm. It's a well, it's a heist movie. And she's an action star, but it's also a drama. Yeah. So. Um, it actually plays against her type. Yeah. So. She, uh, she's got a store, mm-hmm. like a like a quinceanera store. Yeah, with her, with her hubby. Mm-hmm. Um, we see what what's her name? Amanda. Is that her name? I think Carrie Coon's character. Mm-hmm. No, no, and her husband. No, I gotta who... check isn't really shown at all besides that that scene he's like the the least important husband yeah they well the bunch yeah she they're like getting ready she's making him breakfast and yeah. stuff and they hug yeah we see that she has a baby yeah and that's it um and then we get a little more of uh veronica and and harry's uh morning routine which is he's in the shower and she comes out with his uh, flask pours a shot. Mm-hmm. He looks at it, and then she takes it, mm-hmm. and then they kiss. Yeah, drinks in the morning, baby. Yeah, what? Uh, what do you think that scene like? What's that showing? It's, it'll be a callback. It's uh, hey, uh, look at this. The this flask thing. is important, important item, but you think it's just that? There's something about. Like, why does she come to him with a drink for her? Is it for him to watch her take it? So, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't I don't fully understand that. It's just this cute thing that they do. The whole thing is them being cute and in love and just having this really really, really like intimate. I think it's routine. more than cute though. It's like look it's like almost like measuring out the amount of alcohol she's going to be drinking that morning and like you have to watch me drink it to like Are you, are you thinking that she's a alcoholic? I like, don't know. I don't I don't think I got that from it. Is it like this is the morning of the heist and she knows that he's going on this heist and she needs to calm her nerves? So let me get a shot of the alcohol in your flask before I hand the flask over to you. Well, do you think she knew about the heist? Because she said don't she know. didn't. Well. And she also didn't know anything about that book either. And she also has the... The little monologue where she says, I never thought I'd marry a white man and a criminal. Well, she says that to Liam Neeson, her husband, to Harry. So they're talking openly about him being a criminal. I think that's more of a voiceover. And then it's the flashback of right before, um, when after the aftermath. Voiceover? There's no voiceover in this. There is. When she's having... She has the flashback. But there's not a narration of her just talking to the audience. No, it's like her... I feel like all the dialogue that we hear is being spoken to someone. But I don't think that line is spoken to anyone. I don't think that line is spoken to her husband. Gotta because watch it, it again. Because it, right after she says it, it's, it's them trying to... Um, make love and she's like fucking me isn't gonna make it better right so i don't think she said i never thought i'd marry a white guy let alone a criminal and then he tries to fuck her why not i don't know that doesn't play well to me i don't think that's how how it happened but then that would be the only instance in the movie where there is voiceover that's just narration Yeah, I, I I just disagree with you. Okay. I think the script's better than that. They wouldn't just have one line randomly floating to just the audience. Well, you think it's they... better than that? I don't. So. You think the script's bad? No, I didn't say that. What did you say? You said you think it's better than that. I said I don't. I think for a script to just have one line that's voiceover and then nothing else it would be bad. Okay. So I'm saying it's better than. Okay. I gotta rewatch the movie now. I I I think I really disagree with you though. That would make no sense, and I think everything else in the movie makes sense. Okay. And is like pretty carefully plotted out and shown. Um. So yeah, there's a shootout. Yeah, there's the shootdown of uh, the cops just going ham, unloading. Big explosion, and then we get her reach out to a empty bed because he's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And that cutesy morning routine is no more. And then we get the title card, widows. Widows. Because now we see, oh, they're widows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now we're seeing um. Right after the title shot, I think it's like a state house or something. Some political building yeah uh 
Steve McQueen, he directed 12 Years a Slave, and I think he's got his start as a photographer, mm-hmm. like still photography. He has such a good eye. And like just there's this shot. It just starts with like the stained glass on the roof of the dome as it pans down, and you're hearing uh, Robert Duvall as Tom Mulligan, mm-hmm. super old alderman of, I forget what number ward it was in mm-hmm. Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, it's just pristine. And then there's this detail I noticed the second time watching it. There's an inscription, like, in the... You know how, like, these kinds of buildings have, like... Like, if it's a church, it would be, like, Bible passages, like, on the walls, like, yeah. when you look really high up. Mm-hmm. So this has something about... It was on, It was really quick, so I didn't get to read the whole thing, but I saw it talking about uh, generation to generation on the walls and as it goes down. Oh. And it's... And it's Tom Mulligan talking about how his son, Jack Mulligan, played by Colin Farrell, will be such a great alderman filling in his shoes. And um, oh, this, uh, this is one of those movies where everything... Um, you caught that. I didn't catch that. I feel there's there's so many details and everything where it's just making more points, uh, developing what the theme of the movie is, which is about uh, what we inherit debts we inherit and wealth we inherit yeah. and who who it's taken from mm-hmm. and inequality mm-hmm. um, generational inequality and i love it <laughs> and i got so excited when i noticed that i was like oh man they're great do you notice it when we watched it the, yeah the second time okay yeah they just don't they don't waste a moment they're like uh any other movie would just be the establishing shot to just look at this building they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, they're even adding more stuff on mm-hmm. that. It's a good use of the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the quote. Um, no, no, that's later. So yeah, there's this, there's this p- political side plot. Yeah. With this alderman race. Mm-hmm. We meet... Um, Brian Tyree. Yeah, Brian Tyree Henry playing Jamal Manning, mm-hmm. who is running against Jack Mulligan. And we meet him because Jack Mulligan takes a meeting uh, with them. Mm-hmm. And there's like, there's like uh, some barbs exchanged. Because Jack Mulligan's saying, you don't know what you're doing. This isn't... Be kind of racist. Pretty racist. Uh, Yeah, yeah, there's this whole race dynamic to it. Yeah. Him being like, you can't inherit a ward. You know, uh, Jamal being like, you can't inherit this. You know, I'm from here. And and Jack being like, I'm from here too. Him being like, no, you're, you're really not from here. Yeah, he's like, my father and my grandfather were the aldermans. This is mine. He's like, no, that's not. That's nepotism. And Jack Wilkins yeah. like, nepotism isn't looked down upon in this country. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Jamal Manning's actually from this area. Then he points out. Um. You, you would think because he's from this area that he would be the benefit better candidate for for this right. place um but 
I love that this movie shows that that's not the case at all. Wait, you're saying you wouldn't have voted for him? I'm saying that I probably would have voted for him because. Well, we didn't for, get to first see of all, are you all are that? you who's the last alderman you even voted for? Are you even aware of who these people are? They're filling these posititions. No, you would have just picked off a name. Yeah, which is something I talk about. Mulligan paper. has name recognition because Mulligan, his father, and Mulligan, his grandfather, have occupied that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but yes, if you were an informed voter on the local politics, yeah, I probably would have voted for Jamal. Mm-hmm. But you know, the movie gives you a look into what's really happening on both sides, and both sides are playing dirty. Oh, just corruption. Yeah, there's through, just corruption through and through everywhere. Like you, and it, it, it the the movie does a good job. We'll get to it of like showing just how bad they are and how they're presenting themselves as the good guy, mm-hmm. as the better candidate. Yeah, they're politicians. Yeah, they're politicians. <laughs> just, just really, really terrible. Yeah, it's a it's a nice realistic portrayal of what that uh, people in local politics are like and with the power that they have. When um, Mulligan then leaves the meeting, we're left with Jamal and his brother uh, Jatem, Daniel Kalua. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna just call him Daniel. Yeah, fine. <laughs> um, and he's he, he uh. What happened? Mulgan said, don't forget to vote the 10th or something. And mm-hmm. then Manning's like, well, the election's the 8th. And Mulgan says, exactly, I know. <laughs> and, like, he's laughing, but then his brother's just, throughout the whole meeting, just completely blank face. Yeah, stone face. Once Mulgan leaves, he's like, he's like, why are you even trying to get this? You don't make that, like, Manning says how much money it is. And he says, you make more money doing the stuff that we're doing. Yeah. Why are you trying to be a politician? And we get the explanation that the alderman, like everything goes through the alderman, everything pertaining to money with the city is, yeah. uh, they have to approve loans and businesses and, and contracts, stuff. Contracts, yeah. And that what the mulligans have been doing is taking pockets out of everyone that's trying to make anything in the city, in the ward. Yeah. Uh, they're getting a piece of that. Yeah. And um, Manning says it should be us. <laughs> yeah. You end up making way more money than you should. Yeah. Because you're taking from everybody. It's like, like a like a Italian mobster who charges you for security. Yeah, it's extortion. Yeah, exactly. It literally, is that? I think Veronica asks Mulligan for protection later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, back to Veronica. She inherits. She's left with um. A journal. Yeah. Or should we talk about the funerals first? Yeah, because yeah, the the funeral is what happens first. Um, it's just this really great moment of Viola hold like being very prim and p- proper, and then having this moment of breaking down and yelling, and then getting herself right, right, right back together. Heading looking to- in the mirror. Yeah, yeah, I love that shot. Um, for that like it's just silent and then she just yells and it's like it's I, pretty powerful yeah i loved it in the trailer too also in the background though like her apartment's just like all white everywhere it's mm-hmm. super white linens and then she has this dog olivia that's also just like this little white puppy mm-hmm. 
And it's just like blending into the white linens. And the scene goes, lingers long enough with her just in front of the mirror and not doing anything that you're going to be looking around the frame. Mm-hmm. And the dog doesn't immediately pop out, but it's like you're looking around and it's like, oh, well, it's yeah. a cute dog. <laughs> and then she starts yelling. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we see Alice and mm-hmm. she wants to see her husband again. She wants to say goodbye, but she can't. Because his body right. is pretty much ashes. Yeah, it was burned. There was a big yeah, explosion. Yeah, it was burned. And, and we're introduced to her mother, played by Jackie Weaver. Mm-hmm. Um, who does a phenomenal job who, in this movie. Yeah, who, yeah. um, not, not the best mother, though. Is she, I question, um, is, is, is that her mother or a mother figure? Because it's her mother. Later on, she says, well, I guess that, yeah. She said, "You." She, she goes, you forgot who you were living with when you were 16, 15. So. I think it's her mother. Okay. She talked about how her parents, her grandparents immigrated from Poland. Okay. They were on the movie. Okay. I don't, I don't see any reason to believe it's not her mother. Okay. Um. We see Rodriguez. Yeah, probably the the swankiest funeral of them all. It's uh, I think it's more so. I forget what it's called after the funeral, where you just gather up with family and like yeah. eat food, and that's that's what's happening. And she's talking to her mother in law, who blames her for her son's death. Pretty much yeah. blames her for him getting into a life of crime. Right. Yeah. She's holding Linda at fault. Yeah. For her husband's misdeeds. Yeah. It's just like you can't really fight with your with your mother in law. Not at this moment anyway. Right. You just kinda have to get move away from her hmm. into a situ- uh, situation which she does. Then at uh Harry Rowling's funeral, we're outside. This is the first cemetery we're seeing. We see his grave and we see the casket go down. Mm-hmm. And we see some familiar faces. Turns out uh, Harry Rollins was connected because there's Jack Mulligan. Yeah, everyone's there. Yeah, there's Jack Mulligan uh, walking up to Victoria after uh, shaking his hand, shaking her hand, saying, if there's anything you need, just let me know. Mm-hmm. As a friend of Harry's. Um, and off to the side is Daniel and Jamal just watching. <laughs> Sorry, just saying that one of their yeah, actors' one of their, name I, I and thought then about one of their I was characters. like, should I say Daniel and Let's just and call Brian. him Jatem. Let's call J- him Jatem. J-A-T-E-M-M-E? Yeah. Jatem. I think it's French. All right, I'm going to say Jatem, and I'm just following the ear, so. <laughs> it's just so awkward calling one of them by their the actor's name and one by the character's name. They'll get it. Just because you're scared to pronounce the character's name. I'm not scared. Jatim. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> that, that means I like. <laughs> Jatim and Jamal are off to the side, just, you know, pairing in, being menacing, doing that little wave yeah. thing. Yeah, to uh to Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked in, in Jack's uh, condolences. They weren't really even condolences to Victoria. It was just saying, let me know if you need anything. And that's like a lot of many maybe most maybe all of the scenes in this movie is 
one of the characters offering something to someone else or trying to get something from someone else or trading something. It's all transactions. That's one of my favorite lines in the movie. When when it's pointed out that everything's a transaction. Yeah, when, when he's yeah. just like, everything's a transaction. Yeah, they, they, point, they point it out later. It um, but it's not even just in Alice's interactions with the architect. It's it's all the characters. Yeah. yeah. It's all about who has what and who can get what. Mm-hmm. Um, we discover that uh, Tom Mulligan is... A racist. A racist who has been looking over a black community. Um, a racist who is handing it over to his son, mm-hmm. who was raised by a racist. Um, the disenfranchised minority really doesn't have anyone looking out for them. That's what we find out in this movie. I mean... And I think in life. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just going to stick to the movie. Um, yeah, they they have these these people, these politicians, these white politicians smiling in their faces, offering them these opportunities. M wow. But um, at the same time are laughing at them and really taking, robbing them as well. Yeah, that's a little further. Is it? But we can talk about that now. Okay. There's one of the things I like about this script is there's so many characters and so many things happening, but mm-hmm. the maybe it's the editing and the writing. It just um, flows together very nicely. It'll be make it a little tough to go through scene by scene necessarily with this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we could follow storyline threads instead and characters. The MWOW minority women-owned work yeah. is... um. A scene I like a lot in this movie. It mm-hmm. starts, it's like a, an empty lot pretty much that they set up a stage for a political like press conference where mm-hmm. uh, Fer- where Tom, now I'm doing it, where Jack <laughs> Mulligan's uh, showing off these success stories of these uh, uh, women of color uh, business owners saying, look how much I've helped them. Right. But not really because they don't even get to speak. They don't get to speak at all. And at then all. there's just a reporter the whole time shouting over Jack Mulligan saying, what about this money? Where, where's this money coming from, from your family for this uh, green line development? Mm-hmm. Um, aren't you getting all the money from that? Um, and then it's one take. We follow Jack just trying to get away from there. They get into his car. Mm-hmm. He gives this one statement that's like very polished. And like, I'm here to help people. I've empowered them and stuff. Then he gets in the car and behind closed doors, literally because the cameras doesn't follow them inside the car. Yeah. Now it's just on the hood of the car, Mm -hmm. looking at the car from outside. Listening to them. And we just hear this conversation as we're driving from the campaign event Mm -hmm. to uh, Jack Mulligan's house slash campaign headquarters. Right. And the conversation is... Not great. No. <laughs> I think it's, it starts where he's asking his... Um, Paperweight. Yeah, right. His uh, campaign manager slash uh, love interest if she's ever been with a black guy. Right. And he's asking about penis sizes. Pretty much, yeah. Um, 
and he's just like has some issues with race obviously yeah, obviously all the while on this drive we see the neighborhood that the mwell press conference was in mm. and then only a couple blocks later and the camera kind of turns to the other side of the car the other side of the hood mm-hmm. and then we see much nicer houses pop up all of a sudden right just like that yeah because that's what neighborhoods in chicago and many cities are like yeah you just turn um, the corner turn the corner just a new place it's a well community yeah um and then also in the shot, as we're on the other side of the car, you can see through the windshield, which you didn't see before, just that the driver's a black man. Right. Listening to so this So, yeah, he just has to be working for – he's just the employer, and he just has to sit there and listen to this bullshit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's heard worse. Yeah. If he's driven the father around. Yeah. Yeah. Also, though, Jack does express some uh... – Longing for freedom. Yeah. To be to get to be uh free of this inheritance that he's been um, you know, forced into. Exactly. He see he knows that it's a dirty game and he feels the dirt and um he doesn't want to be a part of it even though it's a it's a family. Yeah, it's a family. It's a family. dynasty. Yeah. But he also doesn't know what else he would do. Mm. He's also not his own man. So here he is, a politician. Um, so after the funeral, um, one of my favorite scenes. Any scenes when with, Jamal pops up? Yeah. Any any Victoria's any scene place? with um, uh, Olivia, the dog? No. Okay, so now we have a scene. <laughs> Where Jamal pops up and he's uh pops up to Victoria's place and he's threatening her because turns out the heist we watched in the beginning of the movie, Harry uh stole from the Manning brothers. Mm-hmm. So Jamal Manning wants the money back and he's holding Victoria accountable. Even though this is where she's saying I didn't know anything about uh his dealings. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't see any of that money. Mm-hmm. Though Jamal points around to the very swanky apartment mm-hmm. and all of the records and books and stuff, yeah, um, saying you have all this stuff you could sell and get some money to give me that you owe me, yeah. Um, and he's pretty threatening with the dog. Yeah, he's very much choking while he he has yeah. this way of he he just holds picks up Olivia. Then he has this way of petting her mm-hmm. where. It's over her neck. Yeah. And it looks like maybe a little rough, but still it's petting. Yeah. And he has this speech about how dogs are good judge of character. Mm-hmm. But then he picks it up by the collar. Yeah. Olivia starts choking. Yeah. Um. For a second, I got excited. thought I was going to get one of my dog deaths. One of my dog deaths that I like. <laughs> no, I love this dog, though. I'm glad it got to stick yeah. around. Oh, man. If you would have killed this little this little. Oh, it's dog. it's the first like really tense scene in the movie. Well, I I I think before this scene we get the rapping scene. No. Mm, maybe. Yeah. yeah, that isn't the scene before. Yeah. So it's the second really tense scene. Yeah. Well, now I'm going backwards because we jumped ahead to that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um. There's also a rapping scene. Yeah, the rapping scene. Uh. So. These guys messed up uh, a drug deal. 
I believe. And um, they're in like this no, it's the sp- guys that the money was stolen from. They were responsible for. It. Okay. Um, they're in like this like storage unit, almost like a deep freezer. Yeah, it's um, in a locker room. I assume it's like where equipment is kept or something. Yeah, but it's locked. And uh, they're they're in there rapping. You hear rapping, yeah, one and of then them they open boxing. it. One, yeah, it's 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 actually the rap group Cool Kids play yeah. these characters. The cool kids are in there, and they they bring them out. And this big guy, he he tells, what's his name again? Say his name again. Jatem. Jatem. I knew you were scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said you weren't scared. Shut up. Uh, Jatem <laughs> uh, tells Jatem that they were they were rapping, and he's like, "Okay, I want to hear you rap." And so they they start rapping, and he does he does this thing where he's like bobbing his head, but he gets all in their face. Oh, he's his face is yeah right like, up in them, like look looking them dead in their like their face. And then he just shoots one of them in the head. Mm-hmm. And then he tells the other one to run. And then he shoots that guy in the back. And then he tells his his guys, go clean this up. Yeah. And he just sits, grabs his book because he's, cause he's yeah. a student. Or not a student, like always trying to learn things. That's what it comes across. Yeah. Uh, it's a really good, menacing. Just Yeah, great villain. Yeah, great villain. Great villain. So you see that, then you get Jamal. So it's a yeah, these brothers they um you don't you don't want to cross them. You don't want your your husband to cross them and then die trying and then be held responsible for his misdeeds. Right? And these are your politicians. Them. These are your politicians. Well, they're they're running for office. Or he is. Yeah. Um Okay. Now we see Linda is going back to work mm-hmm. at her store. Mm-hmm. There's some guys there packing everything up. Yeah. And we get this speech from one of the guys. I mean, Michelle Rodriguez is, as Linda's. Uh, she does confusion very well. Mm-hmm. That's one of the actresses' strong suits, I think. Mm-hmm. She she t- does this very good confused. But what's going on? Um, What do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean it's not my store? My husband died, it's mine. But, turns out, we get a whole speech about it, pretty much tracking where the money and the ownership has gone. Mm-hmm. He was, your husband had some gambling problems, he gambled this to my boss, and my boss passed it to me, and now we do this, and then this is why you don't own this thing that you thought was yours. This yeah. is why we're taking it from you. Yeah, the husband never put it in her name. So it wasn't hers to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the women in this movie have nothing that's theirs. Everything of their past life was due to their husband. So this story that we're just, you know, being shown is like, their first take of power and mm-hmm. ownership of anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um now Victoria has her husband's notebook. Yes. Now she yeah. She's pay, flipping through it. Yeah. Uh Harry kept very detailed plans of every heist, mm-hmm. right down to the pee breaks. Yeah. Uh, um, we also get some some dirty pictures. Yep. Looks like it was blackmail for something. Mm-hmm. Um, and blueprints. 
And it appears Harry had already planned his next job. Yeah. And if uh, Veronica can sell his notes, mm-hmm. she can raise the money to give to Jamal and all this trouble can be dealt with. Movie over. He was so why not try? Really dirty. Because his next job was someone he was working with. Like he was going to stab them in the back as well. He was stabbing everyone in the back. Because hmm. he was working with Jack. Well, where... we didn't know that. Well, now we know. Okay. He was working with Jack. He was going to give Jack a million dollars. But his next job was to steal from Tom Mulligan. Yes. Yeah. All the uh, extortion money that's locked away in the safe. Yeah. He's so pretty- Veronica's plan, she finds, um, you know, like any good thriller mystery thing it's a book of matches that leads you to a bar mm-hmm. find some clues you know the bartender will know what's up yeah so she tries uh selling it to him i guess no there's so many characters in this movie it's so good and <laughs> they're all so rich because now we meet bash right played by uh garrett dillahunt mm-hmm. i like him a lot um yeah, he pops up every now and then and i like this character for him He's the driver. He was Harry's driver. Mm-hmm. Now he's Victoria's driver, even though she doesn't have, she can't afford to keep him, but mm-hmm. she makes an arrangement with him, offers him the car, mm-hmm. says, you can have this car if you drive me around. Yeah. Uh, take me to this place, gives him the matches, goes to the bar slash bowling alley. But she can't sell the book because yeah. there's not really a market for that. Yeah. Also, the guy, well, the guy tells her to sell the book to, tells her to get rid of the book because, uh, look what, look what happened to me. He's a result of debt, of owing debt to like, yes, he's, he's wheelchair bound and he's saying this wasn't from, uh, a work accident. This is from debts I've owed. Yeah. So it's like a he's the cautionary tale of the movie. Hmm. Um, but I think whatever was going to happen to Veronica was going to be worse than a wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, Jatem, all the meanwhile, is following them. He's following Bash. Mm-hmm. Uh, see him parked outside the bar and then follows him as they pull out. We hear that he's listening to this like radio interview and one quote that stuck out was, Nothing you do is ever going to change your situation. That's uh, here's another one of those things. It's like the uh, the cliche or the thing I pointed out where in movies where if someone's in a classroom scene, the teacher's going to be giving a lecture on something relevant to the themes of the movie. Mm-hmm. They just find ways in this movie to just stick in stuff in like any little any little corner anywhere there's space. Let's just put something that speaks to what this movie's about Mm -hmm. meanwhile um victoria has bash looking into uh the names of the other widows yeah yeah because she's already planning let's assemble a team yeah assemble because you know she suspects they could also use this money Mm -hmm. yeah and she'd be right I love this next scene with this is where we really get to see the dynamic between uh, Alice and her mom. Mm-hmm. 
the shot opens. It's Alice is in bed. It's from above. We just see her face. Um, she's just kind of spacing out, and then uh, her mom pulls her is pulling her by the legs out of bed. Mm-hmm. But the camera stays where it is above the bed, so it, we just see Alice literally being dragged out of the frame. Yeah, she has literally has no control over where she's going. Right. She's not making that decision. Mm-hmm. She's just pulled. I love it. That's the that's the filmmaking of the movie playing into what the story of the movie's saying. I ugh, I love this stuff. Um, and mom is abusive too. Yeah, she is. Like uh, like her husband was. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's encouraging Alice to sign up for this um, escort service. They're pretty mean to each other. I'll say that. Um, the mother physically, but, uh, Alice, uh, verbally. Sure. Yeah. The mom ends up slapping Alice when... Yeah, when she... Because Alice doesn't want to sign up for the service. Her husband just died. Yeah. Her husband that she did love. Yeah. And that provided for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but... The mother is just like, I want a good life for you. And being a call girl can lead to that. Yeah, she says, I want you to go to the school. Yeah, they go to college. This is how. This is the only way they can get perks. money for you to go to school. Yeah. Is to sell your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, Alice ends up signing up for it. Yeah, anyway. Because she doesn't have any control over where her life is going. Exactly. And she doesn't have any money and now the first meetup the first widow meetup mm-hmm. is in a sauna yeah i like it it's a you good like spot it. to do it yeah um because the heat is on the heat is on oh <laughs> what yeah, yeah. But also like they have to get naked so you see there's no wires mm-hmm. or anything because mm-hmm. it's they they hadn't met each other before they weren't aware of each other right um and it's just victoria alice and linda that show up mm-hmm. amanda the fourth widow doesn't make it she's got a baby yeah she's not around she's and not around. uh victoria lays it out and she's not she's not the she's not the nicest <laughs> no to she's she's very blunt this Matter is what we fact, have to do. Yeah. You're going to say yes, so let's just skip all this and just start. Mm-hmm. Um, she tells him about the storage unit mm-hmm. that she has the key to now. Mm-hmm. Meet me here if you at this time, if you agree. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. Yeah. And she gives them money, too, to help persuade To help and be yeah. like, there, there can be some more of this. Yeah, ooh, money. Follow the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she's also pulling a card. She's also um being like she doesn't say it, but it's pretty much implied that if you guys don't help me, well then I'm gonna tell them about you too. Right. Yeah. My husband's not the only one that stole money from the Mannings. I'm just the only one that they know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a big threat. Yeah. Um now we get this church sequence. Yeah, with the crooked pastor. The 
Yeah, it's a black church. It's giving a sermon. Love thy brother. Mm-hmm. Love thy neighbor as you love thyself. Which, you know, if there's going to be a sermon in a movie, it's going to be on theme. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, that is what these characters should be striving towards and what certainly isn't happening. There's no empathy. Everyone's only out for themselves. Yeah. Deep Everyone the just wants to get ahead for themselves or their people. Um, and Jamal's there to meet with the pastor afterwards to get an endorsement to get his endorsement because I think they even mentioned the separation of church and state being pretty thin and Mm -hmm. that he has this platform and whoever he endorses they'll get pretty much most of the members of the church will vote for and for years he's endorsed the Mulligans yeah it's not even Jack Mulligan it's the Mulligans because they're a they're this unit, yeah. This dynasty, this lineage. Uh, and, um, Jamal points out, yeah, but they're not helping anyone in this neighborhood. And the pastor like has this smirk. He's like, "They've been good to me." Ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> They've been good to me. Yeah. So, you know. And then the meeting's cut short because he gets a phone. The pastor gets a phone call, and just doesn't even walk away before saying. Oh, Jack Mulligan, my brother. <laughs> Just so disrespectful taking a call from his political opponent in the middle of his meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're at the storage unit. Well, we get Cynthia. We get the the hair salon. Oh, yes. We we're introduced to um What's her name? I'm looking for it. Um her name is Belle. Bell. Yeah, played by Cynthia. Cynthia Ev- Arivo. Yeah, Arivo. Um, who we talked about last week because she's starring in Harriet yeah. as yeah. Harriet Tubman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she- yeah, I told I told my sister. I said, "Did you see the trailer for Harriet?" And she said, "The Spy." <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> um, Bell- yeah, Cynthia Arivo is great. I'd take it. <laughs> yeah, her as Harriet the Spy. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Harriet is a spy. Maybe grown up. I don't know. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, um, she's she's in a hair salon, yeah. and um, her her employer, the owner, yeah. who, who was one of the success stories that we saw earlier at the M. Wow. Yeah. We see uh, her being exhorted. She's has to give up money. Yeah, a lot of money. Too. And Belle's just kind of like, "Hey, what's going on? Why are you giving this guy money?" But her boss is just like, it's none of your business. Yeah, it's none of your business. Mm-hmm. You know, get back to work. And then, <laughs> I love it. Then one of uh, the customers who's just, what do you call those things? Where you, it's like at the salon, they put it over your head. Oh, um, she's under the um, air dryer. The air dryer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's just like, hey, I've been under here forever. Can I, can I get out? Yet. Yeah, like and then the boss finally is, gets over there. She's like, okay, I'm sorry. And just right away just lifts it. Yeah. And she's like, thank you. And that's just like another little moment where this character didn't have control over. She was just stuck there because the boss was dealing with other stuff. Yeah. That's because how her, it goes. Because of her hairstylist. She's just on the hairstylist time now. Yeah. It's uh, no respect for this customer's time. You're just going to tie in everything, huh? <laughs> I'm not tying in everything. Everything's tied in. Okay. This is... <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, 
There's a, there's a reason Steve McQueen didn't just write this movie on his own. There's a reason why he recruited Gillian Flynn, who, the novelist behind Sharp Objects and Gone Girl, and she adapted Gone Girl for the screen. Mm-hmm. And now this was her next screenplay. Um, she's very good at crime, at these twisty plots. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely has the the feminist angle to add into it. The female perspective, which is good. That's not just a guy doing this. She's American, mm-hmm. even though Steve McQueen, British guy, has now, is now two for two on just very great, incisive movies about the spirit of America, the, the dark psych, psychic forces in the underbelly of this country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's a novelist that co-wrote the script, so it makes sense that it's also tight. Tight's the word I'm going for. Tight? Okay. Yeah, everything's intended. Okay. Every little thing. They don't waste a moment. They really don't. Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, they're in a salon. Let's just... Like, why else show that woman asking for the thing to be lifted up? You know? All right. Where would they come up? Like... Because it's a common thing to happen at a black hair salon. But that's where the scene ends. Yeah. It is a common thing. It's like, it's grounded, too. Yeah, it's grounded. I just took it as, like, a, I mean, this is just a common thing that happens in a salon. I've seen it before. There's I all, know it. It's other relatable. stuff, I don't know. Anything um, that's but in no, a movie. Yeah, you can definitely, you know, get that from it as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they came up with this in an afternoon. Time was spent on it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of thought put into it. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I will admit, yes, it is. It's subtle. Mm-hmm. Especially that one. <laughs> but I'm still going to point it out. Um, well, tonight's the meetup. Yeah, we get to the to the storage unit. Mm-hmm. And first, Veronica just opens. She has a key. She opens it. She's got Olivia with her. Mm-hmm. Looking around. She's smart. She's not one of these dumb criminals. She puts on gloves right away mm-hmm. to t- before she starts touching things. Right. I love that. Um I like it when characters are smart. <laughs> um, and we get Olivia sparking because she smells Harry because his jacket is there. Right. Olivia runs up to the jacket and is just barking. Right. And it's like this moment of then Veronica takes it and holds it and like hugs it because while all this is happening, while she's staging this heist, I mean... She's still very much grieving yeah. the death of her husband. The love of her life. Alice. Yeah. Right? Alice becomes a call girl. Mm-hmm. Right? And she's out on her first mission. We call it a mission. She's she's on her first date. <laughs> yeah. Um, And it's an architect. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty charming. Mm-hmm. Certainly more charming than he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, right? I think it shows that. I mean, he even says, uh, she says, what would you say if this was my first time? He said, I would say something comforting. Reassuring. And reassuring. And then she says, okay, say it. Yeah. And then it works. Like, he does comfort her and reassure her. Yeah. Um. But... They have this moment where they're looking out the window, mm-hmm. and she's pointing at buildings, and he's saying what they are because he's he knows buildings. 
Yeah. And then she's like, what about that one? He says, it's a hotel. Would you like to come with me? Yeah. Because uh, she has somewhere else to be because she's got to go to this meetup. Yeah, she has to go to the meetup. She's late. Yeah. Victoria's not happy, Everyone's especially when she comes late. in late in that little dress. Yeah. Um. Belle... Belle doesn't even get to spend time with her kid uh, after work. As soon as she gets home, all she gets to say is hi. And, and she her gets a, a call right away. Yeah. Picks it up. Yeah. Has to go. We don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but she just sprints out. Yeah. And we see, oh, she's athletic. Yeah. She's a runner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Catches the bus. Mm-hmm. Rides the bus to Linda's house. To watch her kids. Here's where we're getting even more ties. Okay. She works for someone who's being extorted by Jack Mulligan, but now... She's working the side job. I think it's city sitters. It's like probably an app or some mm-hmm. babysitter connection thing, agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so now she's going to be spending time with Linda's kids while Linda's at this meeting. Right. And yeah, it's pretty heartbreaking after a full day of work. She gets home to her family and then has to leave to be with these other random kids. Yeah. And she's a good babysitter too. Right away, she's like, I got this. And she's like showing them so much love and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. a little heartbreaking that. That isn't the love that she can give to be around kid. to give to her own kid. Yeah. She's leaving her mother to take care of her daughter. Because she needs the money. Right. Because that's a situation that they're in. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Veronica, once everyone gets to to the hangout, Veronica pretty much lays it out what's going to happen. And what everyone needs to do. So she assigns them jobs. Alice has to get guns and a car. And Linda has to find out uh, where the... Uh, where where the blueprint are. Like, yeah, like what, what the blueprint is. is yeah, where is. that building is. Mm-hmm. Um, She says, how am I supposed to do that? And then Victoria right away. By being smarter than you are right now. Yeah. I love it. She's she's not holding anyone's hand through this. She's like, you just have to figure it out. Yeah, you just gotta do it. Cause she's not an expert. She don't. Mm-hmm. She's as clueless as you. Mm-hmm. But she just needs you to do it. Yeah. And Alice says, "Where where where should I get guns?" And then Dory says, "It's America." Yeah. <laughs> and then so we we jump right into it uh, at the car au- auction. All right, ready for this. Mm-hmm. She's not buying the car from the dealership. It's an auction. Mm-hmm. They're pre-owned cars. Mm-hmm. They're auctioning off these vehicles that other people owned. It's not a mistake that that's where she's buying it from. Then we get this whole scene. And she ends up paying more for the car than it's worth. Because she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. So they're making out. Whoever. The auctioners or whatever. They're making out with a cut of this. Mm-hmm. I like it. You and like the, there's the guy helping her. Mm-hmm. And then after the whole scene, he's like, "She's like, so where do I go to get it?" He's like, "You want to get drinks?" Yeah, like where where do we go to celebrate? Yeah, yeah. So he was only helping her out because she was pretty, mm-hmm. and he thought he might have a shot because he thought he was going to get something out of it. Yep. Because mm-hmm. why else would you help another person unless there's personal gain? Mm-hmm. Unless you can take what's theirs. Yeah, like their body. Mm-hmm. We get a quick scene at Linda's place with the kids playing with uh, voice coders. 
And uh, well, that's not even the scene. She's just like googling the thing in the corner of the blueprints to find like the architecture firm. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like in the background, her kids are playing with voice yeah. changers, and you just see like a look of recognition, but yeah. it's very quick. Mm-hmm. And in a worse movie, she would like then turn around. It would be a whole scene like, hey, could I see that? And then she gets on the phone and then you would see the scene of her bringing it back to the storage unit to show the other women, hey, we should use this in the heist. But no, it's just Just in the background just establishes that this is a thing. Just use it. And they use it in the heist later. Yeah. And I love it. I love how low key that is. Um, Alice gets the keys for the van. She asks if it can be dropped off somewhere because we learned that she can't drive. Yeah. Um, which Victoria didn't know. Yeah. Victoria comes to pick her up and yeah. is yelling. She, yes, yeah, she's upset. You paid okay. too much for this. Yeah, I gave you one job. Uh, why didn't you tell me you couldn't drive? Yeah. Now we need a driver. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was a four-man job to begin with, mm-hmm. so... They were a man down from the start. Yeah, so she does meet with Amanda, the fourth widow. Mm-hmm. Well, she meets lunch with, later. with her after Bash. Uh, oh, right. First they say, all right, we'll have to bring Bash into this. Yeah. Because he, he's her driver. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Alice still needs to get guns, though. Yeah. But it's America where you can just go to a gun show and walk out. With, with four guns. four Glocks, in a smiley bag, in a plastic shopping bag with a smiley face on one of those like generic plastic bags. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Uh, and the way that she gets help buying the guns is, she like looks around and she finds like this woman, this butch woman. Yeah, with a daughter, and she puts on this this accent and this tells this whole story about how she's a mail order bride, and she needs to uh, be free. Yeah, she needs protection in every room. She needs a gun in every room. Yeah, she says three Glocks, and the woman says, that's a lot of firepower. She says, I want one in every room. Yeah. And uh, the woman's daughter's there and says, you say a gun is a girl's best friend. Right. So, there we go. Yeah. Um, But yeah, she needs to like have this person feel sympathy and to be able to get help. Did she pick that lady because she was the only woman there or because she was... I think it was because she was a woman. Okay. I think it was probably the same day after dealing with the guy at the auction. and She's probably kind of sick of men. Right. Um, I don't know. It was the only female vendor, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and the woman helped her and didn't ask for anything in return. So. Yeah. Uh, Linda goes to the architecture firm and asks the receptionist if she can get any information about who designed the print. Mm-hmm. Receptionist says, I'll go f- find that out. And then while she's gone, she quicks and sneaks all the business, uh, cards. business cards just so that she can have that information and go. Yeah. But the receptionist comes back and says, it's private information. I can't tell you. But... Now we get another sympathy play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda uh, sw- switches to Spanish. Mm-hmm. And she explains, it's my first week at this job. My boss is going to kill me. Mm-hmm. And gets some sympathy. And then gets a name. Yeah. Takes the 
the business, the correct business card to the house. Mm-hmm. The architect tries to get some information, but then we get pretty interesting scene that doesn't really lead anywhere plot wise. It's just an honest moment. It's yeah. She gets there and it's this man, and she says, "Is your wife? I'd like to speak to her." She designed this building that my boss is very, has a lot of questions about. Mm-hmm. And the guy says, well, I don't think you are who you say you are because everyone knows my wife died. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Linda's husband just died. So there's this shared grief. Yeah, this connection. There's tears and a hug that turn into a kiss. Yeah. It just very passionate, just like a switch kind of. Yeah. Just both in their grief. But Linda pulls away. Yeah, she's just like, I'm sorry. I, and apologizes. And just runs out. Yeah. And he's just left there like, whoa. Mm-hmm. What just happened? Yeah. They both have these holes. Very well acted. For, uh, for, for Michelle yeah, Rodriguez. For Michelle, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is, let's, let's have a little Michelle Rodriguez corner yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, uh, We talked about her on this podcast with um, Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. That was the movie she was in that we covered, right. and that's more the type of movie that we see Michelle Rodriguez in. Yeah, is, the type uh, of role. She's the badass bitch in the action movies, right? Yeah, yeah I think she badass. even calls herself "I'm a badass bitch" in at least one of those. I can really picture her saying that. Probably, maybe. Or no, what she kept calling Mila Jovovich's character "bitch," right? Yeah, that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I'm most familiar with her from her involvement in Fast and Furious franchise. Where she's also a badass. Yeah, where she's pulled off a couple heists now. Yeah. And she's the only, other than Liam Neeson, the only other actor in this movie who we're accustomed to seeing in action movies. Yeah. Well, there's, there's Josh, John Pumel, but... Who? What's his name? Uh, Alice's uh, husband. Oh, John Bernthal. Yeah, Bur- yeah, yeah. It's just like two seconds. Though. Yeah, just like two seconds though. So. Um, I guess Colin Farrell was in SWAT, <laughs> and he was Bullseye. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. We don't talk about that. <laughs> um, but, yeah. but of of the of the of the women that are pulling off the heist, it's definitely the only actress that is an action star. Yeah. But as you mentioned, they do play against type. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, of everyone, she is, like, the least equipped. Yeah, she's, we get a scene pretty soon after it's her and Alice are going to the gun range. Yeah. And this, I should stop saying it because I'd have to say it before every scene we discuss. It's another (laughs) scene I really like. What they do in this, there's no dialogue in the Mm -hmm. whole scene. It's just image and sound mm-hmm. and it's just you see the two women firing their guns at this range and mm-hmm. you see like on their faces like the power they feel firing the weapons mm-hmm. almost and then you hear the sound of the poster coming up to them mm-hmm. and first you see alice's she's got like a bunch of holes and she's good you see her look she's like yeah and then we see linda's come back and there's no holes in it yeah, that made me chuckle. I'm just like, oh wow, because you would expect yeah, the Michelle like, oh, Rodriguez this character. This is a first for for uh for Michelle. I was totally expecting because 
Alice has a couple of holes, but it's not like they're all right through the heart. Like in most action movies, you see the hero at the gun range and they're all just like all through one hole or something. Yeah. Um, so then I was kind of expecting Linda's to come back and it's just like even more precise. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it comes back completely blank. Yeah. Which shows that she missed all of her shots. Yeah. Without having to say a single word about it. Mm-hmm. It's just a scene that gives you that information. Mm-hmm. And then you see the look on her face where she's like disappointed in herself. Mm-hmm. And then they're taking the train back and she's talking about how she's getting nowhere with the blueprint thing. Yeah. So Alice takes it. Alice says, give it to me. I have an idea. Yeah. Because she's conveniently uh, seeing uh, an, an architect. architect. And then we get that flashback that we were talking about earlier um, with a, I thought I'd never marry a white, a white man or a criminal. And uh, I really think she was saying that to him. We're going to have to go back to the, to the replay, but <laughs> go back to the screen for that one. Um, but it's the first time that we see them not happy together. Um, because someone died now in this flashback, flashback we don't see who has died mm-hmm. we just know that someone has died and has affected no, she their... mentions her child she does she says uh because they don't show his face they don't show his face until a later like a later flashback she says something about how uh maybe you should have had a child with someone else then he'd be alive okay and you get her holding this hand, this black hand, mm-hmm. and she's putting a glove on it, mm-hmm. and it's like a tender moment. And mm-hmm. then it, we zoom out and we see that it's a casket, mm-hmm. and it's the viewing, and she's putting the glove on to her son's corpse. Mm-hmm. Um. So we get a little bit of information. They had a child together. Yeah. Who died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that can be a lot for a couple to go through. Yeah. Um, especially in a movie with so much emphasis on legacy and family. Yeah. Um, we see why it would be important for these characters to pass something on to have a, a generation following them. Yeah. Um. Now Alice is with her architect guy. Mm-hmm. Making out. It um what? We get we get the first meeting with with um the other widow with Carrie Coon. Alright, yeah, she at the her. diner. I thought you said that was after Bash. Um after Bash she goes to her house. And that's when she's like... All right, all right. So yeah. uh, she meets Amanda at mm-hmm. a restaurant. They're just asking. She's vaguely... Amanda's kind of asking her questions like, what are you doing? Yeah. What's going on? We don't really know why. We think she's just sympathizing. Yeah. Uh, but Veronica's not really giving her much. But there's no one in this movie and no scene in this movie where there hasn't been an ulterior motive. Mm-hmm. Where if she's asking, how are you? There's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. 
at no point except the very end of the movie is that a genuine question asked to anyone where someone's concerned about someone else and just wondering how they are. It's um, She's asking what she's going to do because she wants some information. Mm-hmm. And Veronica's saying, yeah, I'm, I'm getting this thing together. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to do it. It's all I, it's all I can do. Mm-hmm. And then this is where we get um, uh, Bash gets paid a visit. Well, first, before that, just him. Jamal doesn't want his brother to be doing anything because he's trying to be the next alderman. There's mm-hmm. an eye under him. But Jamal has, or Jatem has a way of being. He has his team. So he's going to try to figure his own thing out. He had followed Victoria and Bash to that bar. Mm-hmm. So he goes back there to get some information. The aforementioned uh, wheelchair-bound bartender is now the victim. The most violent scene in the movie. And it's... Yeah. Oh, it's... I, I haven't seen anything like it. He, um... This is in the, the bowling alley yeah. half of the bar slash bowling alley. Mm-hmm. And... Jutem just sneaks up on him. Yeah. Tosses him off the Stabs chair. him in the back. Mm-hmm. Literally stabs him in the back. And it's not like a movie stabbing where he stabbed someone and the knife's in. It's in and out real quick. Mm-hmm. Is it like a... He's shanking him. Yeah, he's shanking him, right? Yeah. But it's like not with the toothbrush made into a shank. It's the real deal. It's the real deal. Um, then kicks him off the wheelchairs trying to get information. Mm-hmm. Um where's the money where's the money he doesn't know mm-hmm. he can't help um but he does know about this book yeah so that's his only option is to say once he's already on the ground been stabbed several times yeah he's just poking, poking including him in the, in leg. the like, leg can you feel this can you, oh so do you terrible. feel that i see you're in a wheelchair no and he so stabs him again in his like awful. in his rib and his shoulder like and Whatever he's like he crawling out. to him, and he's like, "What are you even trying to do?" Yeah. But like, and then he lays down with him and gets face to face with him. Yeah, like he's so he, like the, it's the, so dark. the amount of power he has in this situation, and that he's just completely is, abusing. Huge, yeah. And just the idea that like we're watching this as like movie fans and heist movies or whatever, you know, the bad guy's going to be torturing this guy to try to get information. But you don't think it's going to go this far. Yeah. And you kind of, like, I'm, personally, I'm against all violence. Mm. But while watching <laughs> this movie, you think, like, he doesn't need to do that much. Mm-hmm. Like, he's doing more than is needed. Right. There, there might be a certain, I don't like to think about it this way, but I guess we are talking about this movie. And, like, the transactions, there's, like, a certain amount of violence he could commit to get the answers he wants. Mm-hmm. But he just goes way over. Yeah. He's um, a bit of a sociopath. Yeah. He's, perhaps. Yeah. That's been proven. I mean, he shot those two guys earlier with no issue. Mm-hmm. Stabbing this guy in the wheelchair. And then we'll, we see what happened with uh, with Bash in a, in a second. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's on, a, he's on a rampage. He is the muscle. Yeah, so he gets... Um... I wish I knew the bartender's name. He gets him to call Bash. Or no, to call Veronica. Victoria. Yeah. Veronica. Did I say Victoria? 
Victoria. Victoria. It is Victoria. Victoria. Um, asking about the book, but wisely, Victoria says, "I don't know what you're talking about." Just nice. She's yeah. good. She knows her stuff. Because mm-hmm. why else would he be? I don't know. Calling at this moment. Exactly. But uh, unfortunately, Bash. Uh, his fate isn't great. <laughs> we see his, we see his dingy little apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't have the best life. I mean, this was a guy that offered taking up uh, part-time shifts to be able to keep this job as the driver or whatever. And he gets so excited when he's offered the car. Um, and he's doing something with pills. Yeah, he's got a bunch of pill bottles. Bunch of pill bottles. Is that, I don't know what that is. Is it for himself or is he taking care of someone? I think they're for, for himself. Hmm. Um, maybe he sustained an injury. He does have a very, well, he's a driver, but he said he can work security. So I'm guessing somewhere in his past, he had yeah. a very physical maybe job. Maybe military, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I don't know, just little details like. Mm-hmm. It's just watching like this old black and white cartoon mm-hmm. with a lot of violence in it. It's mm-hmm. like one of those violent old cartoons. Yeah. Um, but Jatem and his and his guys come in. Yeah. Just immediately take over the place, like just their presence and the way they surround Bash. Yeah, he pretty it's much just Bash's house, but he's just left powerless because all these men have just entered it and just kind of taken domain yeah he pretty much just takes a seat he just mm-hmm. submits right so right away like what what can i do this moment yeah he's someone just, asks you know, about try and play along he's wearing a cub super bowl ring and someone asks you played for the cubs and he says no it was it's a, a gift. gift yeah and the cubs didn't even win the super bowl i think that's what they were discussing he was like the cubs didn't even win in 1985 i thought they did I don't know sports. There wouldn't be a Super Bowl ring if they didn't win. Didn't they win when they did the Super Bowl shuffle? The Cubs finished fourth in the National League. The Bears. The Bears. Defeated. Yeah, yeah, they won. Okay. In 60. I don't know. There wouldn't be a Super Bowl. No, it was because the ring is this thing the players get. And yeah. everyone on the team, when they win, they all get rings. And it, yeah. But he didn't play. Yeah, I know. That was the question. It was like, you played for the Bears <laughs> when they won the Super Bowl? They said, no, it was a gift from my boss. Um. Then Jatem kind of tells his guys... Wait, he orders two-piece yeah, spicy? Yeah, two-piece spicy. And that's, I guess, his way to say, beat the shit out of him? Yeah, beat the shit out of him. Uh, and then... He just sits down. He and... sits down in the Lazy Boy, mm-hmm. puts on sports, puts the volume real loud to wash over the sound of Bash getting beat up. Bash mm-hmm. getting bashed. Yeah. And... Uh, Veronica's in the lobby, and she gets a little parcel... And it's the Super Bowl ring. Yeah, she gets uh, yeah. she gets the Super Bowl ring in the mail. So Bash cannot be the driver. Nope, he's no more. Time for a Plan B. Let's show up at Amanda's place. 
Yeah. Uh, she's the fourth widow. It would make sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm trying so hard not to say I love this scene, but I love this scene no, it's too. Really good, it's a really good scene. Yeah. One of many. Um, she's she's up. she's asking yeah. her. Veronica's asking her if she knows anyone that can drive. Mm-hmm. Anyone f- like from past jobs. But uh, Amanda is uh, distracted by her crying baby. Yeah, so she leaves go her alone. Her day, baby. Yeah, she leaves her alone for a minute. And the dog is, starts to scratch and bark. I love at that the Olivia door. just goes everywhere Victoria does because she needs to, because mm-hmm. she's a dog. That doesn't have any agency. That just has to go. She's kept on a leash. She's a lap dog, too. Yeah. She's a little dog you just carry around. If you, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I'm just trying to do my thing where I oh, oh, think okay. a lot into oh, it. Because yeah, yeah, in yeah. a way, some of the char- <laughs> human characters are treated like dogs as well. Mm-hmm. Where they're just kept on this leash. They only go where certain people want to lead them to. Yeah, keep going. Come on. <laughs> that was it. Um, and so the dog is, is barking at the door. And as she approaches the door, she notices a flask si- sitting on the table. The flask. Next, yeah, the, the flask yeah. from earlier. Harry's um, flask. Yeah. And she goes to the door like she's going to open it. But yeah. she's she's not ready and, to. Yeah, and the flask combined with Olivia barking the same yelp when uh, in the storage unit she smelled Harry from the jacket. Mm-hmm. It's implied... And then later, shown after Victoria leaves, mm-hmm. uh, that Harry's behind door number three. Yeah. And Amanda, what? Now, Veronica just storms out, right? She just picks up the dog before Amanda even comes back. Yeah, she just leaves. leaves and drives away because she knows. Yeah. Um, And Amanda comes back, looks like, where'd she go? Then opens the door. We see Harry's just... He's there. Sitting there, and she says, we should have left earlier. You always want more. Yeah. Yeah. So we, when I saw this in the theater, everyone was like, oh, that asshole. Yeah, yeah. Because like, we've been following uh, Victoria and just mourning and grieving and in so much pain, and and now her life is at, and everything she's left with, which yeah. isn't much, because she says she doesn't actually own any of this stuff. Yeah. Um. And... He is just picking up and running away with a new woman and a new baby and a new life and a new family. Like, he gets to start over. Yep. He gets to be a new man. And she gets to be left with all this. With all his shit. Yeah. Yep. The death of him and the death of their child. Mm-hmm. She has nothing. Yep. Now, now here's where we get the flashback. Here's what really happened in that opening scene. Yeah. Um, he got a, a fake body from the, or not fake body, a, another body from, uh, from the coroner mm-hmm. to put in the van mm-hmm. that people would think is his. Yep. He zip tied everyone into the van so they were stuck there. Mm-hmm. Then as the police were surrounding, um, the storage unit, the the uh, door started opening up. That mm-hmm. was Harry opened it and fired a couple shots as it was opening so that the police would start firing at the van. Mm-hmm. Harry sneaks off and sets off an explosive to blow up the van so that it can't be proven that it wasn't actually Harry's body. Yeah. He killed 
you hear like people screaming in the van like harry what are you doing yeah like what the hell he's completely betraying them yeah pulling a jatam and stabbing him in the back yep (laughs) um and yeah he blows him up yeah and now he's on and now he's on a yacht with um with jack Jack mulligan yeah oh jack mulligan was in on this yeah Uh (laughs) uh-oh yeah jack mulligan's giving him some money to disappear yeah he wants a million yeah in return for helping him out Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see how everyone is involved with each other. Um, so, um, it, the the flashback continues because we see um we see the sun for the first time. We see him, his face. We see him alive. Yeah, um, Marcus. Yeah, yeah, he got a name. Mm-hmm. And he's driving in this really nice car, mm-hmm. his dad's car. He's talking to the phone on his, with his dad. And it's felt like you took the car and didn't tell me or something. Yeah. There's something in there. Yeah, a gift. Yeah. A piece of jewelry. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it's, there's, it's very tense because we, the viewers, see the police in the background following mm-hmm. him, but he doesn't notice them. Yeah, he's on the phone. Yeah, and then he says, okay, I'll, I'll drop this off back to you now, and he makes a U-turn, mm-hmm. and then the police come behind him and pull him over, mm-hmm. and that's the day Marcus was murdered by yeah, the police. murdered by the police. Yeah. That scene was hard to watch the first time, and mm-hmm. it was hard to watch the second time. The first time, I didn't know exactly what was about to happen, but I was just like, no, 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 and then it happened, but this time I knew it was going to happen. And I still was just like, ugh. Yeah. And still get that body reaction from it. Because it's so quick. It's like, very it, quick. It's, like he, no Because he goes to grab the the phone, I think. Yeah. And the police are horrible and impulsive and murderers. Yeah. yeah. And they just shoot him. Mm-hmm. Kill him. Uh, we talk about, or we have talked about, like, how flashbacks are shown in movies. And, like, mm-hmm. sometimes... Like the coloring changes where it's like the coloring's either faded or sepia or something or black and white sometimes or mm-hmm. there's music or something. Should be noted there's not a lot of music in the movie at this point. Mm-hmm. Even though Hans Zimmer composed the score, like one of the most celebrated compo- movie composers. Mm-hmm. Um, we just, in this movie, flashbacks are just quick, like jump cuts. And this is like the first really extended scene that's a flashback. Mm-hmm. And there's this thing they do that I really love that places it in a time period. As Marcus is driving through Chicago, you see plastered on the side of a building the Obama Hope posters. Yeah. That places it. It's like, oh, it's 2007. Obama's running for president. Yeah, I, I wrote that down. I was just like, because it, it, it's good to see because it's like, what does it say? It's hope, right? It's hope. It's hope. Yeah, and this this unhopeful thing is happening. Yeah, Obama was a symbol from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, this half black, half white man, mm-hmm. just like Marcus. Right. Yeah, and you also have you also have a picture of Malcolm X in there as well. So you have Malcolm X and you have Obama. Where is Malcolm X? Malcolm X is in Marcus's room. Oh, right. It's, it cuts to present day when uh, Veronica's just in Marcus's empty bedroom. Yeah. Right. And you get Malcolm X in his room, and then you get 
mm-hmm. Obama, and it's just like these 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 figures. Yeah, the way the way they inserted these figures into the shot that um, just by having their face, it um, yeah just adds so much more weight and meaning. Yeah, to just this. by including that, and yeah. that's without having to have without, yeah, without saying without it. having to have a big corny speech about inequality, without having to talk about uh, the struggle, the anything. It's well, just um, mm, it's so well, good. They don't waste time. Well, there's the one line where Veronica says, "Well, maybe if you ha- uh, had a child with um with a white woman, your son would still be alive." Yeah, right. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh which now that we know it, yeah. that Amanda's baby is Harry's baby, yeah. this white baby. Yeah. That, that's exactly what's that happening. Stands very 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 little chance of being murdered by police or going through a fraction of the hardship that Marcus or any What a shit uh, guy. Dark skin. Yeah. What a shit guy. What a shit country. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. Um so Victoria has Veronica sorry. V names. Veronica has nowhere to go, so she shows up at Alice's place. Mm-hmm. But Alice is with the architect. Mm-hmm. This scene opens with uh architect has Alice pinned up against a wall and they're making out. Yeah. And then they take it to the bedroom. She kind of pushes him. This is really the first time where she's like taking any sort of control or like being assertive in any way. She's kind of pushing him. She's guiding him to the bed where the blueprint is laid out, hoping he'll glance at it because right. he does and says, you looking at a safe house? And she goes, that's what it is. Do you know where it is? While they're like making out, she's like distracting him. It's uh pretty sly. Yeah. And he says, I know some people who could. Mm hmm. But then she gets a call. She says, it's my mom. I got While they're having this. sex. Yeah. Oh, right before they start, he asks her if they want to make the arrangement exclusive. Right. And she says yes. Yeah. Um, he gets a call, says it's her mother. Turns out to be Veronica, who's having a hard night. Yeah, Veronica's at the door and comes up. And the architect is a kind of pissed so it's your your mother yeah he leaves Mm -hmm. um veronica is continues to bully alice yeah judging her being like everyone in alice's life a call girl uh or just sleeping with another man yeah he doesn't she doesn't even know that it was a business thing um she says your husband died like a week a week ago and you're already sleeping with another man yeah um and then um, somehow that that leads into uh, Veronica slapping her, and then well she says, "Don't you know, judge me." Mm-hmm. Um, and she uses a c word. Oh yeah, in regards, don't yeah, yeah, and that gets Veronica to slap her, mm-hmm. and then Alice slaps her sl- slaps back. Yeah. Slap for a slap, eye for an eye. Eye for an eye. The quality. Yeah. And and she says, I'm not, I'm done doing other people's, what they want. Mm-hmm. Other people telling me what to do and I'm doing, I'm doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. I'm in control. And it's like, I don't know, they fight. 
And she explains how it was, it was part of the plan, like he's helping with the blueprint thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Veronica just assumed otherwise. Right. Um, and where the scene ended with uh, Alice making out with the architect. Or the scene opened with Alice making out with the architect. It ends with Alice and Veronica embracing yeah, and hugging. Yeah. I like that. Good yeah. symmetry between how scenes open and close. close. Um, so now Belle is going to join the gang because mm-hmm. we don't have Bash. We need a driver. Mm-hmm. Linda knows someone. Yeah, she just brings her in without even up. consulting the team, though. Yeah, Veronica's mad. Can you even vouch for her, Belle? Oh, so strong. It's just like, I don't need vouching. And also, you can address me. I'm standing right here. Exactly. Yeah. She's, um, she doesn't take anyone's shit. Yeah, like right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know who you are, but like. Such a great character. Or, well, we're going to have problems. Uh, does she even have a gun? I got my own gun. Yeah, I got my own gun. I got my own peas. She's taking care of herself. Yeah, she knows where she lives. And now it's time to stake out the yeah. mulligans. Yeah, stake it out. Because we know that that's what the blueprints were. Yeah. So this is done by uh, Veronica just showing up. She was lobbying for the teachers union at one point in her career. Yeah. Um, so that's so her. she has passed in the past dealt with Tom Mulligan. Mm-hmm. Um, that's her in. That's her in. Yeah, she's being led through this house, which is doubling as a campaign headquarters because um, it can be assumed this isn't really where Jack Mulligan lives. Right. It's not really a home. It's uh, they just it's a property that they have on this district so that they can have this political power. Yeah, well, well, Tom was definitely sleeping there. Mm. Tom, That's true. Yeah, he was definitely sleeping there. That's true. Fine. Um, but just the fact that it was also being used as the campaign headquarters, yeah. as offices and everything, and taking meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, and as she's walking through, she's asking questions like, oh, how many security guards do you have? Yeah. You know what I mean? Real just smart. Like, yeah, like mapping it out. Um paying attention to who's there oh meanwhile bell is like perched up in a tree or like doing some part of fence or something yeah, yeah. watching the back yeah seeing Spotting the one the security guard and yeah. uh, the guy she's dealing with mm-hmm. and she recognizes one of the guys yeah. as the one that was in her uh salon yeah like extorting her boss yeah no it says yeah coming from so the she makes that connection yeah um Meanwhile, Veronica wanders into this room and is staring at this map. Mm-hmm. It's like a very old map mm-hmm. of the districts, the districting of Chicago. Mm-hmm. A um, very big map, big enough to hide a safe. Yes. And it's like where the blueprints indicate the safe is behind. Yeah. And the fact that it's being kept behind these lines. Like, what is... <laughs> like what is this districting other than they're just drawing imaginary lines these people are here this district is here mm-hmm. and then this is how politicians control and then they redistrict and redraw the lines so that they votes are in their favor mm-hmm. and so that they can t- continue to segregate the population i know chicago is one of the most segregated cities mm-hmm. uh, in the country to this day um 
and it's just like the allocation of resources going to certain places and it's just that that's where all this money is behind it's all in there in this map and mm-hmm. this power that the mulligans hold that they've passed down through generations and as if i don't know that's pretty strong on its own but then we get this scene with uh robert duvall as tom mulligan talking to his son uh, in his office while uh, Victoria is waiting to mm-hmm. see him. Mm-hmm. He is, this is where he gets his real racist moment, mm-hmm. moments. <laughs> racist among other things. He This is when he refers to Jack's uh, campaign manager as a redheaded paperweight. Mm-hmm. He's mad that Jack fired um, the, the first campaign manager mm-hmm. who used to work for Tom because he's family. Why isn't he part of this? He's supposed to be in it. You have to bring him back into the fold. Um, but but Jack doesn't want to continue things how they've been going. Yeah. Uh, he sees how they're wrong. He's tired of it. And uh, he stands up to his dad. Mm-hmm. But then his dad is like, are you done? And he <laughs> says, yes. And now Robert Duvall gets his moment where... Uh, he gets this whole speech about how it's all about survival. We can't help these people. We can just make sure that we survive. Right. And that means holding on to the power that we have. Yeah. And it's, ain't, um, ain't, ain't that it? Just holding on to the power and not, not sharing it at all. Mm-hmm. And there's some, some N words thrown. There's some mm-hmm. other epithets and <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's just survival. Yeah. And that's all we're trying and to do here. And superiority. And he leaves the office and we see he he recognizes Veronica and Jack says, I don't have time to see you. And you're not even in our district. But uh, Tom says, no, she's lobbying for the teachers union. You have time to see her. Yeah. Like you have to see the te- um, meet with the teachers. But I think it's like this racist thing where he just sees a black face and it's like you have to be getting their votes. That too. He he sees his son's meeting with Veronica as yet another transactional thing. What do you get out of it? If you see her, you can get mm-hmm. you can advance your own political career and continue this corruption and make our family more money so I can really pack up that safe. Right. <laughs> And this is Veronica asking Mulligan for protection from the Mannings. Mm-hmm. She says, you asked me, is yeah. there anything you can do? And I've been threatened by your opponents, the Mannings. Mm-hmm. And I know you have the resources. I'm hoping you can protect me. Mm-hmm. But Mulligan doesn't. Yeah. Um. Then he says, I forget what it's directly in reference to in the scene but he says you reap what you sow and then she says i hope that's true and that's how that scene ends and that's the that's the movie right there that's yeah. um it's all about veronica hopes you reap what you sow but like the way our country works and the way everything in this movie has worked is they're reaping what other people have sown for them mm-hmm. um but Veronica hopes it is true that you reap what you sow because she's putting in a lot of work for this. She's put in so much. If she did reap what she sowed, she would 
be doing all right and everyone else would be too instead of just being stuck with uh the fate that other people have determined for them or that other people's actions have uh given them Mm -hmm. yeah yeah there's this small scene where she meets the caregiver yes she meets uh tom's caregiver Mm -hmm. sees her face Mm -hmm. it's just uh something that comes up again later there's a lot of things that pop up in this movie that come back later yeah not a wasted moment yeah i mean the the scene with linda and the other grieving man is like the only one that stands out to me where there's not like a direct plot thing that comes back from that yeah but it still stands out as an important moment Mm -hmm. um yeah Mm -hmm. and this is where we get more more at um the hideout where they're they're packing dirt into containers to simulate how heavy the cash is going to be yeah they uh what i like about this is it starts it's just bell linda and alice and they're just packing dirt into Tupperware. And we don't really know why. They just have all this dirt and all this Tupperware. They're packing it and weighing it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first saw it, I thought maybe it was like for explosives. Because mm-hmm. I know that's like a way you can do that's homegrown, homemade explosives. Um, but they're just packing it, talking shit on Veronica. Mm-hmm. Saying she has to stick up her butt. And, you know. Oh no, she's right behind me, isn't she? Right. Well, they don't say that. Yeah, but, but she is. She's right behind them. Yeah. She walks in. And she's pretty much just like, do you know why we need another driver? Because the last one got killed. All right. And if we're going to do this, I need you guys to be serious. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and this scene's really good. It has two really key moments from from the trailer. One where Linda is like, if I if something goes wrong during this mission, I want my kids to know that I tried, Mm -hmm. you know, and um then also, uh, I imagine you were talking about uh, Victoria well, yeah. saying, uh, "Veronica, no, Veronica." Yeah, uh, she's saying uh, <laughs> they don't think we have the balls to pull yeah, we this don't off. Have, yeah, the one thing we have going for us is yeah. that we are us. Yeah, because they don't think it's going to be us. Yeah, and she even says before that, like we have to work like men, move like men, because mm-hmm. they do have during the actual heist, their faces are covered and they're using these voice changers and um, yeah. Most criminals, movies at least, I imagine, and I don't know, you you, you would think that it's men pulling off a job. Yeah. So. But they do have the balls for it. And then you get the explanation, okay, we were weighing these out so that we can practice running money to the van. Yeah. I like, I just like that it's like, oh, you, you're left to wonder, what are they doing over there for like a couple minutes before you get the answers? Yeah. Instead of it just force feeding you from the start. Okay, in this scene, we're going to start by doing this so that we can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, And we only see Linda trying the run. Yeah, she does the best case and then she does worst case. Yeah, it's based on like how much money they have to end up carrying and what bills they're in, right? Yeah. Because they don't know. They know the amount of money. They don't know what bills. Mm-hmm. So it's like different weights. Yeah. So the first weight, she's fine. 
and then she gets the second load and it looks so heavy to have on your back yeah run to the van and back yeah she can barely take it off already yeah yeah and they have to climb up and down stairs to do this so worst case is going to like kill Mm -hmm. um now Belle's back at work at the salon and she's now with the information she has she says hey i know You've been paying Jack Mulligan. Why? Why are you doing that? And this is where we finally get um, the clarification on the extortion. Mm-hmm. The only way I could open this business and get this loan is if I give him a cut mm-hmm. of the business profits. And Bell, that doesn't sit right with Bell. Yeah. But uh, her and boss is like, "Don't judge me. This is the only way I can make my dream happen." Yeah. Is to is to let the Mulligans profit off of it. Yeah. And they're doing this to every black woman. Every minority women-owned work. Yeah. She'll be mentioned. All these, all the widows are women of, are uh, marginalized, members of marginalized populations. I mean, uh, Alice is white, but she's uh, Polish. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, I don't know, there's something in there that she's not just like waspy, uh, the Polish have definitely, to a lesser extent, though we see how this individual's life is hard. But it's certainly, um, these are all women who are indicative of populations that are mm-hmm. uh, oppressed in this country. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much. I can I can see what you're saying. Maybe not so much her, but like being like an immigrant mm-hmm. would be the marker for that but she's not really immigrant she's just uh abused woman mm-hmm. yeah so i mean that in itself is you know that's the um what's the word i'm looking for i don't know <laughs> that's 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 the mark. Like that's her. Her mark. That's mm-hmm. her. That's her. Her thing. Right. It, that she's an abused woman. That's yeah. Yeah, and they don't. The only way that she can get money to go to school is to to prostitute herself. Yeah. 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 Go into sex work. Mm-hmm. Um. Or the only way she sees for that. Uh. Then we get. The blackmail. Matt Walsh, the actor who plays uh, Mike McClintock on McClintock. Veep. He, I didn't recognize him in the pictures in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. I, Honestly, I thought it was Robert Duvall at first. Yeah. But we find out there were pictures of... I don't think his face is like shown clear enough in those yeah. pictures. So he's the, the CEO of Mulligan's security company. Mm-hmm. And they get a new code every day on the safe mm-hmm. so veronica blackmails him with these pictures of him sleeping with his wife's niece yep and that's how she gets the leverage to get the code from him yeah uh he he plays frazzled very well yeah yeah gifted comic actor i like it when um like comic performers have small roles in uh genre movies mm-hmm After that, um, 
pretty interesting scene. Mulligan takes another meeting with Jamal Manning and pretty much says, let me lose the election. I don't want to, I don't want to do this, but just like, I'll lose if you let me like keep the connections I have. Mm-hmm. Cause like, we know he's only doing this to keep the money and the family and the power. Um, but he's conflicted about it. But then Jamal is like, obviously he wants to win office, mm-hmm. but but then he even says like, but on whose terms? Right. And, uh, <laughs> what, uh, Jack says, there's the only way you can do it. Yeah. So essentially the only way for Jamal to achieve his goal is if Jack lets him. I need to let you win. I, know I need to yeah. choose to lose. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you can accomplish the thing you want. Is if I get my thing first. Right. Uh, <laughs> so Man- Manning isn't like excited about this offer like I think Jack thought he would be. Because Jack doesn't understand. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't understand like that dynamic mm-hmm. that is there. Um, but you know, Jamal is just like, no, I mean, yeah. in the end he's like, no, I'm going to, if I'm going to do it, I'm, I'm going to beat do you it on my own. You yeah. Know what I mean, like, yeah, I don't need your, your handout. Mm-hmm. Um, especially cause he kind of probably knows what's brewing. Cause at least his brother has the Intel. Yeah. Cause the next thing we get is the heist. Mm-hmm. Um, which starts with a bang. Yeah. And I kind of have, here's where we get a lot of music, like pulsing music and thrilling. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, uh, like Steve McQueen said, Hans Zimmer, just chill until the heist starts, mm-hmm. then do your thing. Because his thing, Hans Zimmer's thing, I mean, he did the Inception horns. Like mm-hmm. he does this big, loud music. Mm-hmm. Um, he did like interstellar drowning out everyone's dialogue in his score. Like, um, but I like the way that, uh, he was used in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's just like simmering. Everything's just simmering before then. But then once it's like, okay, it's the heist. It's going yeah, down. It picks up. Yeah. Then, then yeah. It did, starts yeah. with, uh, I mean, we see there's like a police presence on the street. Yes. Yeah, but, out as well. uh, bell yeah uh set some cars on fire with a flare to create a distraction for mm-hmm. the police so that they don't see them like running into the house yeah the cars are like down the street or something or around the corner mm-hmm. to get the um, car to leave they once they get into the house they take down the guard they tase them and then they tie them up and then throw them into a room mm-hmm. and they get to the safe mm-hmm one little problem, the code written on a post-it note is like 81618, and they try that and it doesn't work. You remember the number. It, it's something like that. I know okay. it was eights and ones and then a six, or is it a nine? Because right. cause eights and ones, you flip them and they remain eights and ones. Six, yeah. you flip in, it's a nine. Yeah. So if the post-it isn't facing the right way, you get the code wrong. Yeah. And it was wrong the first time. Yeah, I remember watching this in the movie theater and being like, 
really like into it like and just being like oh my god it's upside down it's upside down flip it flip it around because like the thing is beeping now it's about to like run out the Mm -hmm. alarm is gonna go off and then they figure it out like it's turn it around because they show the code and like if you can you can see like if you can realize it then you do kind of think flip it over it's got to be backwards yeah but it's fun it like lets the audience uh like figure stuff out yeah um it gives you that second to do it in your head before one of the characters comes in and says flip it yeah and that's exciting mm-hmm. they they get in yeah they get in get that and money and there's a lot of money they get all that money and some pressure to come on we got to fill these bags yeah they they find those big bills those the the, the 100 dollar stacks and then we cut to we just see uh it's just a close up of bell in the car in the mm-hmm. van just waiting She's sweating and panicking. That's all we see is just her head, though. Yeah, and I, I think at this moment, at while she's in the car at this moment, um, Jack, speech is playing. Yes, on the radio, it's their debate. It's yes, Jack and debate. Jamal's debate. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we hear like their, their debate and their promises to, the community, and what they plan to do and how they plan to help it while this heist is going on um once they fill all their bags up with money they're on their way out and they run into the caregiver um who gets i think, a, they, I think they saw their caregiver on the way on in, the way in on the way up the stairs she mm-hmm. pops open sees masked gun people yeah and uh <laughs> and she, she just like closes the door yeah she does this thing where she looks down like i didn't see anything and just like walks backwards and closes the door right yeah but she probably alerted tom because on their way down now tom ogan's like get the fuck out what are you doing i think maybe he just heard it I i feel like she didn't say anything i feel like she didn't do anything but he just like has a gun he pops out with it because he heard noise heard movement at night in his house but he comes out of the same room doesn't he no he comes out out of a different room okay yeah i don't think they're sleeping together she definitely has her own quarters all right well he's got a gun yeah he has a gun and he's like what what the hell is going on he takes off veronica's mask yeah um sees her Mm -hmm. shocked yeah uh and then fires his gun, shoots Alice. Yeah, Alice. Yeah, she tries to actually. Uh, yeah, Alice tries to take the gun from him, mm-hmm. um, and he shoots her. And then Linda comes through mm-hmm. and and finally gets the shot off. Um, and and shoots him. Yeah, um, shoots him down. She got him. Yeah. When he counted, she got it. And he falls. On top of Alice, and yeah. we just hear with the voice intro, "Get, get this guy off get me, him off me." <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're they're out. Yeah, they're out. They're running with the money into the van. They did it. Yeah. Or did they? Or did they? Because then we're back to panicking. Bell. Mm-hmm. They're in the back of the van. They're like, "Come on, go!" Then we see, Bell had a gun to her head. Mm-hmm. Jatem was in the passenger seat. Mm-hmm. He's a smart cookie, and he's been following the, everyone. This whole time. He's about to try to make off with this money. I mean, he gets them out of the car, out of the van. He drives away. Um, This was quick. 
This was unsatisfying. Oh, I was just going to say one thing. Go ahead. Oh, I've also I disagree with that, but I guess okay. we'll get to that. This this was a quick thing. I'd have to watch it again. I'm pretty sure. I, I almost made you pause it. I think the van, it's like, since it's like, was an auction van and stuff, it had like decals on it or a sign that's like faded out. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it said at one point dynasty and it's the words dynasty like faded out on the side of the van. Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> that's good. Mm. That's good stuff. You're just eyeing everything. I didn't peep that, but yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he takes the money. He drives off. He's listening to his brother, Jamal to his brother's uh, speech, to his yeah. brother's speech as um, he's saying, um, let us live. He's shouting, mm-hmm. let us live. Mm-hmm. We, and, and uh, Jatem's smiling. This is the first time we see in the whole movie his smile. Yeah, he's like, get him. Like, get that motherfucker. Yeah, he's get him. And also just the adrenaline of driving off with this money. And he he pulled it off. Yeah. Um. But then a car behind him hits into the back. Yeah. Right as Jamal's yelling, get us live, let us live. Mm-hmm. Car hits the back of the van. The van loses control, hits a... Uh, like a underpass, like a, a like a, yeah, and like a like a splitting intersection, like yeah. right in the middle, hits it, and he dies. Mm-hmm. You think I, that's unsatisfying? I think it was unsatisfying. What? That, and what I would felt have like, been satisfying? I thought it was just it was quick and it yeah. was close. momentum. It happens. Everything's happening. It's moving. It's moving. What do we need? A whole nother speech where they get him out of the car and hold him at gunpoint and explain Maybe, why yeah. this is oh we, you shouldn't have followed us this whole way we yeah. followed you and now we get the money I mean, that we stole that, we get back something more ours. i mean you have this character that you created this menacing character that you built up and you do nothing you just kill him like he, he gets had away. so he pulls much it time off. he, he had so it. much time to gain control of that car and he doesn't. He kind of just sits there. No, and the car's then, like turning and he wasn't wearing a seatbelt and it's like. Yeah, I was unsatisfied with it. No, I disagree. I like that it keeps up with the momentum and everything. It's like disasters are going to happen. Unexpected things happen. But also it's like these women were prepared. They had another car mm-hmm. in case because she couldn't get the protection from the Mulligans, from the Mannings. They mm-hmm. probably suspected something was coming. That's good planning. I was to still have the backup with that with that ending and just the way him. the acting the performance just Kalua's face just as he's listening to his brother getting away with it mm-hmm. just feeling the victory mm-hmm. and I don't even know that he dies knowing that he lost I think he feels good about it and it's like I don't know mm. yeah I like it. Yeah, that was that was one of my with the let us live on the radio as one of his, my like his brother um, dies. One of the things that were holding me back about this movie was that was that death scene, um, I, the death I of like his character and how how it ended. Um, that's one of my holdups. He wasn't a main character though. Okay, I don't know. But care about care about your characters. Yeah, it's a good. I thought it was a good finish for him. I didn't. Okay. Yeah. That's a disagreement. <laughs> Tweet us. Let us know what you think at Movie Film Pod. Yeah. 
How did you feel um, about that death? How do you feel? Also, about if that? you watch this movie, let us know if you think there's just randomly one line that's voiceover. Hey, we're we're, we're going to check it out right after this. Right after this, we're going to check okay. it out. <laughs> I know you don't see her talking to Liam. You don't see the words coming out of her mouth to Liam, but mm-hmm. it's implied that she's talking to him. Oh, maybe I missed that implication. Especially because nowhere else in the movie is she talking to the audience. Um, they get to the hospital. Yeah. Linda takes Alice. I feel like they look so suspicious. Oh, <laughs> definitely. Like, yeah, they're like dressed in all black and a gunshot. I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Linda like set, says what she says about her being shot and then like go, go goes away. Yeah. That's what yeah. you, that's what you got to do. Yeah. Just drop them off. Get, yeah. Yeah. Get it taken care of. Yeah. They didn't get just out of dump there her out the of the car. Come. Because they could have done that. Could have mm-hmm. just dumped her out the car and then kept going. But no, Linda was like, no, I'm going to stay with her for a little bit. And then there's this this quick little moment between uh, Veronica and Belle. Belle, where they just look at each other, nod, they smirk a little. Like, yeah. we did it. This is it. Yeah. And then they split. And then they but, split. Yeah, that's the plan. Van's back at uh, Harry's hideout. That. Mm-hmm. Whatever the warehouse or storage, whatever. What? How'd you describe it? It's a, it's a hideout. It's a hideout. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Veronica's moved the money from van to a car. Looking real strong. Oh, those her those, arms. Those muscles. I mean, the scene where she's in the sauna and you see like her back muscles. Mm-hmm. It's just like I wouldn't. I wonder if she's like like just that fit, or she knew she was gonna do this movie and she like got up in the gym because she was fit mm. she was strong yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah she's moving the money and then pops up <sighs> that son of a bitch that son of a bitch harry um he he's now another person that's trying to get in on i mean they did this work and now surprise i'm gonna put you i'm gonna shoot you and then take the money yeah you did all the work, and now I'm just going to take it from but you. But they, they do get a moment. They're, like, in tears looking at each other. And she's like, how could you do this or something? And he says, I couldn't save him. I couldn't save our boy. I couldn't save us. I had to save me. I needed to save me. And yeah. he repeats, yeah. me. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's you like, motherfucker. Yeah, that's the thing. But Everyone's yeah, looking the, out for themselves. That's the feeling. That's the character's truth, though. He had to save himself from... A dying situation, a dying relationship. Right. Well, and we, that can be his truth, but we see how that truth has rippled and yeah. affected all these other people. I mean, he killed three men. Yeah. He destroyed his wife's life. Yeah. He left these widows. Mm-hmm. He was sleeping with his partner's wife. Yeah. Where they bore a child. Mm hmm. Who was being raised as this other guy's son yep. for like a couple months? For a couple months. His truth did, was did shitty. Did Steve McQueen know that Liam Neeson is an asshole before casting him? Like, because I feel like we didn't learn Steve, that Liam Neeson was an asshole until, until like, later. Yeah, but yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah, and it's a good twist. The fact that he's alive, but then also that he just pops up at the end. Yeah. Um. 
It was one of those scenes where everyone in the theater gasped. Yeah. Like, <gasps> and he's like yelling at his wife saying like, it wasn't supposed to be you doing this. You were supposed to give the plans to someone else to carry it out. Yeah. I think he wanted the Manning. The, yeah, the, the idea was that the Mannings were going to do the heist and then yeah. he would get the Mannings to steal from the Mulligans and get the Mulligans money from them. Yeah. But. He didn't think they had the balls to pull it off. And they did. They did it. And he shoots his wife. She's on the ground. No, he slaps her. Oh, he slaps her and she's yeah, on the ground. He slaps her and then he goes to take the money. Um, And then he he turns around with his gun to shoot her. Yeah, okay, he slaps her, looks at the money mm-hmm. to see, like, I guess, what he's working with. Yeah. Then he takes the gun, turns back, surprise. She's lying there with the gun pointed yeah. at him. She was ready. She was ready. Shoots him. But it's this heartbreaking moment where, like, she's been grieving his death this whole time. And, yeah. like, there was even, I mean, we didn't talk about that sequence because it doesn't really pertain to the plot. But earlier on, there's that sequence where she's staring out her window. And then I think she's listening to Nina Simone. Yeah. And then, like, ghost Liam Neeson comes up. She, like, manifests her dead husband to, like, hold her yeah to hold her and it's like she has to now kill him all over again yeah like yeah that's such a like she has a moment yeah of just yeah and now they're both on the ground and she like rolls to him a little bit you think it's gonna be to like maybe like hold him or just have a moment to Mm -hmm. like cry over him but no she gets straight to the point of putting the gun um, that uh, it's killed great. Tom into his hands. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Mm. That yeah, that's really good. Like really like good. She, like she kind of knew he would be there once she figured out he was alive. She yeah. I think she kind of knew what she, was coming. She was definitely ready. Yeah, yeah. So good, and drives off with the money. Yeah, uh, sets off, puts another flare in the in Harry's car, mm-hmm. blows it up, mm-hmm. drives away. Leaves the door wide open so that, you know, the police will see the fire, get to the place, see Harry with the gun. Exactly. Whew. And it, 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 it's enough that this guy that they thought was dead is now alive. I mean, well, dead again. He's dead again. And now they're just going to be like, okay, he has the gun, he's back, the plans are, the plans are there. And it's the gun... After Linda shoots Tom Mulgan, mm-hmm. uh, Veronica says, give me the gun now. And it's that gun that it's she that puts. Gun. Yeah. The gun that killed Tom Mulgan. She's now framing yeah. Harry for everything. It's beautiful. It just worked itself out. It's a... Mm, it's that aha I like moment. I like heist movies a lot. And <laughs> when it's good, when like all the planning, once it's all pulled off, you see everything, how it comes together. It's just... That's something very satisfying to mm-hmm. me. All the pieces. Now it's is it six months later or three months later? Like three, I think. It's three. Okay. Because it's um. Well, the election's probably November, and mm-hmm. then. I think it's three months later because it's when Jack Mulligan's being sworn in, right? Yeah, he wins. We get, we open on the, it's morning and it's in the salon. Mm -hmm. And we open on the boss's 
putting her, I don't know if she has a name. She probably does. Uh, getting her stuff in order. Mm-hmm. And then she's listening to the radio. And it's that's how we get the knowledge that um, because his father died, Jack got the sympathy vote. Mm-hmm. Ended up winning yeah. the election. Yeah, Jamal really should have took that opportunity. Hmm. Jamal is probably also is also grieving his brother, so yeah, um, not enough not enough sympathy for him though. No, no. Um, and there's a paper bag of money in uh the seat, the chair that uh Bell would work in. Yeah, it's really it's nice. Like here's some money. You don't need to. Yeah, yeah. And you can buy your shop. Like, you can use this money to, like, fully own your business now. Yeah, and she's, like, pulling the sacks of money out of the paper bag. And then we zoom out for, like, you see her through the storefront window. And I'm mm-hmm. kind of thinking, maybe take it to the back Go room. to the back. <laughs> but, like, then we see that uh, out, it's outside. It's from the view of Belle, who's watching from her car, seeing that she got the money. And then we pan out even further just such good camera work in this movie how it's just all fluid and as the camera moves you learn a little more about what the scene is and mm-hmm. the dynamics so you pan out you see bell watching it then even further you see in the passenger seat is bell's daughter and mm-hmm. she says can we go now mommy mm-hmm. or she says i think i wrote it down uh, uh the daughter says like can we go now yeah, can we go now and just like she says yes, and they drive off. And just the idea that now she can afford to spend time with her own daughter, like it just shows you that yeah, that she's with like, her own daughter. She's yeah, they can go travel together yeah, now. They can now go they can go yeah together. Yeah, they couldn't go before. Yeah, but now they have. Mm. Yeah, and what Linda's? Yeah, Linda. Linda's got her store back. Yeah, she buys the store again. She's Same back in store. that storefront, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Veronica's at a diner or at a restaurant, mm-hmm. meeting someone. We don't know who. She's just sitting there alone at first. Actually, mm-hmm. there was a line earlier on. Um, I think it was in the when they were packing the Tupperware or something and talking shit on Veronica. Mm-hmm. They're saying like. Veronica was like, we're not friends. We're not going to see each other after this and ask yeah. how we're doing. Mm-hmm. That comes back <laughs> because in walks uh, Alice with some friends, mm-hmm. presumably uh, students or fellow students. I don't know. Perhaps. Yeah. She's got all these friends. She looks great, like ha- happy, mm-hmm. carefree. Mm-hmm. Um, not like we've seen her at all through the movie. And... There's a cool mirror shot, one of the many cool mirror shots in the movie. Uh, Veronica's like sitting at one. It's not even like they're at tables next to each other. It's like different corners or something. Mm-hmm. But the way there's mirrors on columns, you see both their faces. Mm-hmm. It's like they see each other. Or no, I don't think Veronica sees Linda, right? But Linda sees Veronica. Yeah. Or not Linda, Alice. Anyway. Yeah, should I let you ex- explain what I feel like I'm talking a lot <laughs> no it's okay um, bring us home so so yeah um, Veronica meets with this man mm-hmm. and she has a bunch of money under the table and she's like look um, I want you to take this money and build 
a library and i rebuild. i only asked it's rebuilding the yeah, library rebuild it it's important and um the only thing i want you to do is name it after marcus name it after my son yeah um and that's that's pretty much her business she gets up um I, yeah I but love... alice alice go ahead the, li- the on the library that that's what she's doing with the money it's like here's this movie about all the shit that people have to take because of the generation before them or the men in their lives or the people who wield power who refuse to let them have any unless they're getting a cut mm-hmm. now with the library she's using this money and power what is a library it's for it's in the school it's for kids to gain knowledge and to yeah. grow and to improve to help the next generation yeah She's putting it's, it into the community. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's the antidote. It's an antidote. I mean, it's it's symbolic, definitely. Yeah. Obviously, with especially naming it after the sun, having that be his memory, but it's um, it's good. She's doing good. Yeah. And it's restoring. It's rebuilding the library. It's we got this. Yeah. Oh, no. That's the least selfish thing she could do. And um, Alice walks out, mm-hmm. but right behind her, Veronica walks out, and you just get this shot. You don't get a shot of of Alice's face at all. You don't see her at all. Mm. You just see Veronica walking out of the store and being like, hey, how have you been? And smiling yep. and nodding her head. Like... um maybe alice said something but we can't hear it no that's it's just that's the last that's it that's it all right i mean Um, she said we'll never be friends asking each other we don't care how we win and that's what i referenced to earlier that's the first moment where someone's asking another character how they are because they genuinely care Mm -hmm. not at not after her uh husband dies and she's at the funeral being consoled Mm -hmm. no that's just what can i do for you Mm -hmm. what do you need what do you have it's everything it's um there's the scene where Alice breaks up with the architect. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of within that dynamic because it's like sex work. It gives uh, them reason to speak overtly about like the nature of these transactions and stuff. So mm-hmm. they're able to talk about, like Alice points out, everything's a transaction with you. Mm-hmm. He says, like, why don't you come with me to Europe? I can give you a happy life. I can give you a happy life. And then she says, but it's, you not, can't. Yeah, it's not it's yours It's not your life. It's mine. It's my life. And here's another me, me, but, like, she doesn't have anything. Yeah. And no one's really looking out for her unless they're benefiting from it. Yeah. Um, So in that scene, they're able to talk about the transactional nature of that relationship. But it carries out through the whole film and all the relationships in the film. Mm-hmm. And... I keep switching back from calling it a movie and a film. So yeah, I guess okay. my question is, which one is it? Oh, you're asking me? I don't know. Right now? Well, uh, we talked about it. Yeah, I'm going to go with movie. Yeah? Yeah, I'm going with movie. I'm going with very, like, high-end movie. It's highbrow. It's, um... Mm. It's, for me, it's one of these ones where, I think I've said before, it's my favorite kind where... It's got bits of both. It's definitely heavily steeped in genre, which we tend to think of as movies. It's mm-hmm. heist action. But what they do with it and what they choose to explore, it's not just like how 
watch how a heist is pulled off. It's like, let's explore inequality and debt and in a way, just like how they are, how we have these populations of oppressed and how they change my mind. I change my mind. What? I change my mind. Just a little louder? I change my mind. What was that? It's a film. (laughs) I'm going to say it's a film. Cool. Um, I think it's a film too. I think I think we talked about Fast Color. We said that was a movie that wanted to be a film. I think this is a film that is like pretending to be a movie. movie. I I don't think changing it from a movie or a film means that makes it better oh. or worse. You know, no, definitely. But um, I, yeah, I think um, S- Steve McQueen did his his thing directorial with this. Um, and everything does come back into play. Everything is. It's, really tight, it's a tight screenplay, even if you were unsatisfied with Jatem's death. There are some things he, like, I remember just watching that that car scene for the first time and just being like, wow, that was a really interesting way to shoot that. Of that, uh, that, Jack Mulligan in yeah, the car? Yeah, in the car. Just being like, that, wow, that's that was really interesting. Like, Yeah, you don't, I, I, I have never seen that done before where yeah, you're just I, watching the I would have put, put the camera in the car. And it lingers, and it's because the focus is on the neighborhood. And you're seeing the changes yeah. as he's talking. It's yeah, that's it. Does it? He does a lot, and yeah. there's a lot of like good, just visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. And there's no, I don't think there's wasted moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's doing a lot without being too uh, loud about it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just doing it and giving you the heist movie and the crime, but mm-hmm. also a lot to consider. I will say I didn't like the ending. You made me maybe feel a little better about it, like talking about it hmm. with you right now. But I still, it still felt a little lackluster. The how have you been? Yeah. I was just like, oh, that's it. That's the end. And then I just looked at my mom and was like, okay, let's get up. <laughs> let's hmm. go. It just, yeah. It just ends on a really like. Well, you, you get to see that she's alive. Yeah. And that uh, their lives are much different now because just because of money. You know what I really wanted? What, what? I really I wanted that setup for Widows Two. I'm... I would have <laughs> hated that so much. If it ended on a cliffhanger. Widows Two, yeah, cliffhanger. Oh no. Yeah. I guess this, uh... if it were a movie, it would be a thing like that. But it's a film. It has it's self contained. It makes its points. Mm-hmm. I. It would need to pick some. I don't know how they would do a sequel to this that wouldn't just be worse. Well, it's a it's a mini series and a novel, right? So I'm I sure there's. I don't know. That's a novel. Okay. Okay. It was a British. Yeah, it was a mini series, but also like British and like old, like and he changed it to be in modern day Chicago. To mm-hmm. I'm sure the mini series wasn't about these inequalities no. or anything. No. Um. Though there's a lot of really good characters that sure spending more time with would be nice, but yeah. um, no, no, it, it, it's it's fine people. without. I'm I'm joking, like, but I mean, I wouldn't say no to uh, more Viola, and that's crazy that that's more satisfying to you if they leave something open ended for like now you have to watch another movie to figure this thing out to see what happens more so than they close it in what the ending is. I just wanted 
a more satisfying ending. Hmm. That's all. I don't. I'm not being serious about setting up for a sequel, but just I, I, I don't know. Just ending it differently than how they ended it. I think it works really well, and it's a fail. And I changed your mind. Woo. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> so yeah, that's widows. That's widows. <sighs> Did I write anything else? Um. America's the real heist. <laughs> okay. Well, tweet us at moviefilmpod. Email moviefilmpod at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe. Please. And tune in again to movie. Movie. Film. Yeah.